This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Sophia Gorotica, Vance Anthony, Cody Boezy, Jeremy Brother Odem Bones, Ali, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Danielle, Amy, Tia, Lauren, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, please do so in our Facebook group and Discord server where we hang out daily. Also, happy Halloween, nerds! I'm warning you now, I'm in a weird fucking mood because I have thoughts about this movie. I'm in a weird mood too because I haven't done anything other than work or sleep literally since Wednesday at 7.59 a.m. Except for record with us twice. It's a two yeah, for Yeah, I said I worked. <laughs> I haven't showered in conservatively two days. Mikey, I have not showered since right before I went to that work event Wednesday night. Working from home is great. There's a stink <laughs> on me that is not fair to those that live with me. <laughs> Been there, though. <laughs> Hey, she's telling me this would be a good stand-up joke if I did like a type five in Nashville. Okay. So if you're living in Nashville, there's like a 40% chance I probably fooled around with your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, yes, that is a good start to a type five. And it sounds like you've been in tight with a lot more than five. It's a small community and it's very like loving. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin on Page. I'm Mike. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, because it's Halloween, we watched Halloween, Halloween ends. ends. Question mark. So I'm assuming you all have not seen this movie before now, right? I watched it once last week. Well, okay, but yeah, I would say that that's in within striking distance of watching it for the podcast, quote unquote. This was my second watcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Paige, was it your first time watching it? It was my first time, and I think for the first time on this podcast, I know that this movie is trying very hard to say something, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think. Okay, Paige. I think I know. I think I figured think, it out. Have you figured it out? I honestly feel like I have a pretty gr- good grasp on what they were trying to say, too. And it's that Jeremy sort of deserved to die. I mean, honestly. 100%. Agree. A hard agree. <laughs> no, clearly I'm joking. But I do also think I sort of understand what they were going for message-wise. So as a trilogy, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Here's what I think. This is my hypothesis here. Hit me with it. That overall it's about like. The nature of trauma and the nature of evil. Yeah. And how those interact. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought this was bringing to a conclusion. I I can see that. I think they're real clumsy with it, but sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, one, it's hilarious how upset people are. I fucking love that people are so upset. They are fighting all over. Yeah. Oh, you mean angry about this movie? I thought you meant the people in the movie that are angry at Lori, and I'm like, this is the wildest, most misdirected rage. I have not publicly said a word about this movie because of how crazy people are being about it. I understand the passion, though, because this has been like a series of movies that have been going on for like 40 years, and now it's 
coming to an end. Winky it's blinky. Not. They're gonna I know, make more. I know. But like, it, I definitely think it's the end of Laurie Strode's story, and yes. I think that people think wanted so. that to be like this big epic thing, like Avengers Endgame, and it just it just wasn't. So I understand like why people are mad, but also this movie's pretty fine. Halloween H two O is the best Halloween sequel, and I will die on that hill. You will die alone. I, I, it hurts me that you didn't <laughs> say Halloween three season of the witch because we all yeah. know that's the best sequel. I don't even consider it. That's its own franchise where that is my favorite film of that franchise. Because yeah. it's also the only film of that franchise. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Hall- <laughs> Halloween H2O, from what I understand, is most people's favorite sequel. Outside of the Rob Zombie one, some people prefer that track, like that timeline, yeah. if you will. And that's the other thing to remember about Halloween movies is there's like multiple timelines where it's like choose your own adventure, kind of. But with these movies, man... It's such a strange, disparate chasm of like. Well, there are three really different movies. Yeah, and that's I kind of so like that. It's weird, and I, I, I'm not as invested in the Halloween franchise as most horror fans. I guess I like it, and I, you know, I like big budget horror or whatever. But I like the first movie. Kind of, it really deals with like that concept of like your mental health issues and your trauma are not your fault, but it is your responsibility to deal with. Yes. And it explores it with the first movie with Lori of like how she didn't do well with that at first. Right. The second movie is like how the town definitely has not done well with it. And then the third movie is seeing it very personally with this guy who, because we all have the opportunity if something bad happens to us, like if something, if you choose to do evil to someone else or someone chooses to do evil on you, it does kind of pull you in the direction of like you could like start manifesting very unhealthy mental health. I want to say habits structures. I, I yeah <laughs> habits like and you see it really with this kid who Corey. Yeah. You know, it wasn't his fault that this he this kid, you know, had a big fucking heavy head and fell right over those stairs. <laughs> but <laughs> Sure, that's why. That's why it happens. <laughs> Fucking giant noggin crying himself to sleep on his huge pillow. Oh, yeah. Paige, I was about to make a so I made the next one reference. I love you so much. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not his fault, but you see him, like, he gets comfort in hurting others now instead of yeah. other things. And then you see Lori kind of come back from that, and I... I don't know how well it executes, but I think I do not. think it's I do think it's saying some interesting things that that I'm not used to talking about when it comes to horror. And like a lot of people wanted like they wanted Halloween kills, which is like we want Michael to go around Haddonfield and kill everybody. Right. Like, I hated that movie the most. Well, I love the firefighter part. I, I hated Halloween kills the most yeah. of of the three kills is my least favorite by a long shot. This one does not piss me off as much. I only Same. wish because it's a cool misdirect of where you think Michael is going to pass on his evilness to this, this to dude. Corey. Yeah, I thought the same thing until sort of right towards the end. I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Well, that's where it really kind of falls apart for me. And I'll get to it after. But go ahead, Mikey, and then I'll break it down. I kind of wish they either went all the way with that where Michael wasn't in this film, which would have super pissed everybody off. Yeah, so just much. And just Corey was the bad guy. Or Corey and Michael don't interact until the end of the film where like the whole film you think he's just he finds the mask or whatever and like or like he's an an imposter and pretends to be Michael and then real Michael finds out like Friday the 13th part five. The chocolate bar killer guy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And so I, th- I think his interactions with Michael kind of weaken the film because I don't think that is really a Michael's character cheat or whatever. But I mean, like, 
Yeah, on Michael's resume, you won't see excellent mentor. Yeah. Like, like, what are we doing? Right, 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 right. It's like 80% of the movie is like watching Corey become Michael Myers. And then at the end, real Michael Myers shows up, murders the fuck out of him. And then Laurie murders him like the end. I would have been like, that was unexpected and very cool. Yeah. But them interacting, I think, weakens the film. So I kind of liked it. I landed on, it's not a bad movie, but it's not a Halloween movie. It's not a slasher, is what you're saying? No, No, it is a slasher. I feel like it's a slasher, too. I I just want to clarify what you mean. No, no, no. I mean, it doesn't belong in the franchise. (laughs) Like, it is a good (laughs) movie standalone. It shouldn't be in this list. I feel the same way about the newest Evil Dead, where it's like, it's a good horror movie on its own, but it doesn't match anything else in the list the remake yes the remake yeah it's way more serious like evil Dead was right honestly campy and great and the new evil Dead was fucking scary and i hated it well right but that same kind of thing of like if you watch this is this representative of what halloween is for the other movies no right not at all is it a bad movie no i think it fits in the trilogy i i think it kind of fits in the trilogy not really though because this movie ignores all the events of the last movie like blatantly how does it ignore the last movie dude do you remember remember how the last one ends it's why it made me fucking furious yeah he murders like 10 people in town and then he escapes not not just that those 10 people murder him like definitively yeah. do no, so no, 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 many no. things he gets back up and kills them and runs i off. know that's what i'm saying mikey they do everything <laughs> that Lori does in this movie save for putting him through a grinder yeah. and he pops right back up yep. kills half the fucking town and nobody seems to remember it in this movie here's my head cannon. it's subtle so like i read about because i also had the thing but like that woman who hangs herself Right. Is like the mom of one of the people he murders in that scene or whatever. Yeah, well, all the people that kill themselves early in the movie are, but it doesn't explain how Lori inexplicably is able to actually kill him this time. Right. Not doing anything different Mm -hmm. than anyone's done before. And she has killed him multiple times in these three movies and it never sticks. Why did it stick this time? Michael Myers has that... uh that disorder where he doesn't feel pain in his pain receptors. So what you're saying is Michael Myers' secret is he's always on meth. He's uh-huh. always on uh-huh. meth. PCP <laughs> is his secret. But like those people in the street straight up kill him. And then he and comes he back, back to back life. Up. Yeah. And it made me so angry. like That he's not supernatural in this one, but he was supernatural in the first one? Yes! Well, that's because Halloween Kills is the last Jedi of this trilogy. That, that is very true. <laughs> Maybe that's my true anger because I did like this movie a lot better than Halloween Kills, but it just made me furious of like, are we not going to explain this, but also not play by those rules? Yeah, it it doesn't. What are we doing? He is more like the first film. Kind of, except the first film he lives through a lot of stuff inexplicably being trapped in that burning house and like so many things yeah and then i was really here for a movie about how the wrath and the mistreatment of a town can contribute to someone turning evil which is essentially what this movie is yeah i thought that was the point of the movie for quite a large portion of it yeah yes which i i'm into i like that i'm into it and i'm following Corey. he has his own mask which is different and yes. i'm kind of like okay see i'd be here for this if this was the movie 
after this one where Michael Myers is dead and this is new Michael Myers or whatever. Or this is the new boogeyman of Haddonfield and it just is a different name. Yes, I'm here for that. Or, or yeah, like in Halloween Kills, he definitively dies in the second one. And this one is like, Laurie ends up killing this kid because she's like, evil doesn't die. It just, it just it changes, changes shape. shape. Yeah, Paige. Well, yeah. that's what would have made more sense. Okay, this, is, this drove me nuts because I was on board for this movie for a good portion of it. <laughs> But then Lori's whole thing is evil doesn't die. It just changes shape. Great. That explains Corey's story. It does. We're here for it. It completely breaks down when she just easily kills Corey. And then Michael comes back and she's like, oh, shit. And then just easily kills Michael. Like, what are we doing? I don't know, man. I wouldn't say it was easy. I was here for the fight between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Oh, it was, a, that a was a cool fight. fight. And I love the metaphor of the granddaughter coming back in and helping her. And like, of course, sort of saving her from being choked by a man with half a hand, choking her with that half a hand. Sure, like, sure. Whatever. It makes me so mad that Michael Myers is conservatively 83 years old I'm not half that age and if I sleep weird I I can't walk the next day and this motherfucker can have a fridge shoved onto him hand hammered into a like coffee table with a like skillet and he's fine like what the hell yeah well and I'm here for that fight I I love it it's great what I'm not here for is first of all Michael hasn't killed or talked to anybody in years and is just living in the sewers for no reason. I know that's an Easter egg from another Halloween movie. I get it. However, fucking why? And then this idea that he could impart Corey with some of that, then give me some indication of the supernatural thing he's imparting Corey with and make Corey hard to kill. What are we doing? (laughs) What you don't know is that Michael Myers, before he moved into that sewer, went and stole a stone from Stonehenge and put it in the sewer. And that is what transfers the supernatural ability. We don't have to get into how that happened. Had a bitch of a time getting it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't have to go into all that. (laughs) And it's a cool misdirect because you think it's going that direction where like, oh, Michael's giving him his powers or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then he's just like, ah, you got, you fucked up, kid. I got to take you out myself because you can't kill people, right? Nobody wants to work anymore. No one wants to work anymore. <laughs> so he gets fired. It's more powerful for it to be Corey. Like, how much more powerful would it be if there was no Mike? Like, if Michael showed up in this movie, but it turns out it was all in Corey's head, and he's just the new guy. Yeah, I would like just that. evil in a different face. I would have liked. That. I'm here for. It that. felt like this movie compromised between a lot of creative visions. Yes. So I honestly feel like they were trying to make the movie you all are describing. Yes. But knows a very loud subsection of the fans would have literally lost their fucking minds if Mike Myers wasn't They're in it. They're losing it anyway. But And I think by choosing that middle way of trying to please everybody, they sort of please nobody. Um, yeah. But I mean, I do think there are some people who like this movie and they're maybe not as vocal on like Twitter and shit, but like I didn't hate this movie. I like it better than Kills. A hundred percent. I would I watch too. this movie again. Yeah. It's it's an interesting movie. I think 2018 is my favorite uh, of this trilogy. But you don't really need Kills. You could watch 2018 Halloween and this and be like, oh, the mom died. Yeah. Oh, cancer. I don't know. Uh, But like, I feel like 2018 handles their metaphor best. I feel like that's the one that has the clearest storytelling, the clearest through line of what they're trying to say. I think it's still true to the originals, but with a different spin. Fucking love it. And then when they started kills and it starts like seconds after. Oh, that opening scene where he kills the firefighters rescuing him is my favorite moment from the trilogy and my least favorite of the movies in the trilogy. And then the movie just goes down fucking hill like that movie is a hot mess. 
this is a mess in a different way where it's like a good movie that doesn't fit in where like watching it I'm like I feel like this was a script they got that was just a generic serial killer and they turned it in and were like oh this is a good movie but Michael Myers isn't in it and they were like ah fuck write him in at the end yeah if you look at the film I think that this because it's the same guy right who like wrote directed the first one the it second. is that's what was weirding me out so much I think he worked on the first one so much mm. and they were like oh the, what a great reboot and yeah, then he yeah, had yeah. these interesting ideas for sequels I think uh-huh and he had to compromise to get there, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I think you're right. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Is one of your fun facts the alter- the alternate ending that they that leaked? No, I didn't find that. Tell me about it. Okay, so on Twitter, they were going to end the trilogy with like Laurie like being like, evil just doesn't die, it changes shape or whatever, and it, it's, there's a creeping evil that you have to keep in check inside you or whatever, and uh-huh. then it ends with her murdering her own granddaughter. See, I'm here for that. And here, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. What? Okay. She has the mask at the end. It's on her fucking coffee table. Yeah. Yes. That scene was in there. Uh They spend so much time in this movie describing evil as an infection, how it gets into you from like different places. And it's something you have to keep in check. Yeah. And when... I saw that mask on her coffee table for a hot second. I was like, is the next movie where Lori becomes the new Michael? Because I'm fucking here for that. I'm here for that's such a that's such a wild swing in a different direction. But that on it, I would have like that would have it would have been fucking bonkers. Like it would have been yeah. nuts. I totally understand why they did not do that. It was filmed. Yeah, it was filmed. But at the same time, I'm like, because this clearly these events have shaped her entire life. Yeah. She cannot escape them. She is Laurie Strode. She will always be associated with Michael Myers. And once Michael is dead, who is Laurie Strode anymore? So I fully understand that. And I kind of like it. (laughs) I liked how this film handled Laurie and her trauma. Because she was like, hey, I spent 40 years... Yeah. As that my whole definition of my life. Yeah. yeah. He still came back and fucked everything up. Yeah. So I'm going to be happy because just worrying right. about it didn't help. I liked that growth. I wish- I did too. And th- it would have undone yeah. that growth. <laughs> yeah. It would have undone that growth. But I liked that growth. But I mean, I really do like that it's like, hey, when you choose to, to hurt people or choose to be evil, that ripples out into the world. Just like doing good yeah. ripples out in the world. Yeah. Right. And then like it's a creeping evil of like the more evil choices you make, the easier it is to be evil. Because even Corey, he kills that. We've all accidentally killed an We've all accidentally killed him. No. <laughs> and he was like freaked out. I'm like, you should be freaked out. You accidentally stabbed and murdered that homeless man, which it happens. But then he started like really murdering yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I do think the first two kills, Jeremy and the unhoused individual, like. Who claims to be Michael Myers. Yes, he yeah. does. Clearly, there's some like mental health stuff going on. I don't sure. feel like Corey yeah. wanted either of those people to die. No. I feel like he wanted the unhoused individual to stop attacking him. But then he chose to bring the deputy over there to like try to get Michael to kill him. Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that is when it turns for him, but I I do think, and I really like this about Corey, like Corey's character had this really tragic thing happen to him where he definitely saw himself as killing that child. Right. Even though the kid fully deserved it. It's interesting (laughs) because how you, the stories you tell yourself about things that happen yes. to you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to get really into. Really shapes yeah. your perception. Yeah, oh, okay. Todd goes to a lot of therapy. And, yeah, well, I go to a lot of therapy, and I've dealt with a lot of this type of issues, right? So, like, man, like, when he kills the unhoused individual, and then the town have always been reinforcing that he is a murderer, Yeah, that is when I think he starts to be like, I 
am, am a, murderer? a murderer. Like right. they're right. Everyone's right about me. I am a murderer. And then he like fully snaps. And like I really like that path in his journey, just because it's like so true to what I think would have happened yeah. if every day of your life people were like, "You're a fucking murderer." The first thing you're gonna think is if somebody's bullying you, is like, "I should murder him." Yeah, because I'm a killer. I am a killer. Yes. Why would you fuck with me? I'm a killer. His yeah. interactions with Michael were so not necessary. He didn't need to bring the deputy yeah. to there. He could have had the deputy like kind of bullying him, and he finally has something he wants. He could be like, and he just snaps and kills him. He just gets tempted to go that way. Yeah. Well, and we established that. The events of the first two movies, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, take place in 2018, right? Right. Him killing Jeremy takes place the following year. Mm -hmm. So, like, they have that Halloween where half the fucking town dies and apparently Michael just wanders off and doesn't bother them anymore. And then you have 2019 where he becomes the new boogeyman because he killed that kid, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's all the ripple effect. The ripple effect of Michael killing so many people freaked that kid out. Yeah, it is. Which then a ki kind of in a roundabout way causes that kid's death on accident. Well, it freaked Corey out and that kid. Yeah. And that kid. And so Corey then... The, what happens to Corey ripples out to other people, which then causes them to kind of turn on him in the town. That ripples out to Lori because she feels like she should be nice to him and but gets too close. And it's like it is that idea of like evil ripples out, which is why if you look at it from an evil ripples out perspective, I kind of understand Lori turning. I know that's not the ending everyone wants, I know it's not a great ending for her growth, and it's a very sad, sad, sad ending. Yeah, they Is would never have done that. Extremely, extremely interesting ending. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, I think one of the reasons I like this franchise, I mean, some of the movies, like, there are some scary bits in this. This is not a one for me on the scary scale, like, by any means. But, like, the Halloween franchise is not the scariest franchise, right? So I, I can usually get through them fine. But, like, I like the metaphor of, in Halloween, Laurie Strode is firmly, like, living in her trauma. She uses her trauma as a shield to sa keep her safe from the world outside, right? In the 2018, yeah. Yeah, in 2018 when it starts, right? And then by the end of it, she is very open. It's clear she's gone through some sort of therapy and she's like dealt with her issues yeah, she's writing a book about overcoming yeah not letting trauma define your life exactly so she is like no longer gonna be defined by her trauma and i really love the shit out of that metaphor i do but like i get why uh, i don't think you're wrong Paige. i definitely think they could have justified it in the story to have her flip like that. No, no, no. I understand it's not a popular opinion. Yeah. No, I think it's. I think Paige that would be interesting. I just think they set it up where like the first movie pretty much shows that her life is like he pretty much did kill her forty years ago because she's so yes. stuck in that yes. trauma. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Halloween Kills was like the town's trauma, and then like I guess showing her and the sheriff whispering to each other in the hospital was like, oh, that's what she lost. <laughs> Honestly, I really I'm here for her and the sheriff. I want them to go see the cherry blossoms. I invested. And listen, I've also been to Japan. Like, I really do think they'd love to go there on vacation and see those cherry blossoms. Good for them. Also, you can see cherry blossoms in DC. It's very pretty, guys. Go check them it out. It is very pretty. Uh, yeah, no, I, I fully understand that. The way this movie is set up, her growth arc from being stuck in her trauma to basically conquering her trauma, if you want to think of it that way, and trying to stop those ripples of evil great that that does 100 percent work yes 
I just, I love a fucking flip, man. I do. <laughs> well, it just makes me more looking back. I think Halloween Kill should have been her killing Michael Myers. Yeah. Yes. And this movie should have been Corey's story. Yeah. Yeah. Corey's story and her living a healthy life. So you have like the first one being like she's stuck confronting her trauma is the second one and then like growing and healing. Well, even even with her daughter being murdered in front of her, she's able to like be with the sheriff. Yes. Have a like have a normal life and like be happy. And she's writing a book. And then she's like, but evil, like you can either live in fear of your trauma or like become like it can also cause you to do evil things. And I like as like Corey being like a foil of her of like her coming out of trauma in a different way. Yeah. So let me pitch this to you with slight changes. Okay, keep Corey's storyline almost exactly the same. Take out the sections where he meets with Michael in the sewer. He is just a, a burgeoning serial killer yeah. caused by the ripples of evil. He's on the come up. This is like his eight mile movie. Yeah. This is his eight Influenced mile. Influenced by Michael Myers because he knows all about those details. Yes, he exactly. Was, he grew up in Haddonfield. That makes complete sense he would. Right, but he has his own mask, not connected to Michael. He is evil in a new shape. Yeah. Remember that Michael originally in the original films was called The Shape. He is evil in a new shape, right? Yeah. Okay. So then remember everything Lori says in this movie of you can run from the evil essentially or you can invite it in, which is basically engaging with the darkness to try and move past it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is, ki Corey's killing people and then all of a sudden Michael shows up and it's killer versus killer. Michael kills Corey. Remove the mask. Michael is Lori. That she took on the mantle of evil to defeat the new evil. That'd be cool as shit. Yeah. That'd be fucking cool, right? Because she didn't do evil. Yeah. Because she didn't do evil. Yeah. She does it to protect people. She has to like learn from her own evil that was done to her to defeat the new evil that is a risk. I like that. Because like she tries to do it like 2018. They're like, you'll be arrested. Like you can't be yeah. a vigilante <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I love how nobody cares about that anymore. Because in this movie, they're like, vigilante justice? Yep, vigilante justice. Dude, at the end of this movie, when they carry him and strap him to the top of the car, and like, yes. there's no way that would happen. And I do love that, the, I don't know, sheriff or whatever? Yeah, the sheriff. Because the cops are like, you cannot do this. And the sheriff's like, yeah, you can, ma'am. <laughs> you can tonight. Yeah, yeah like, like, what is happening? Anyway, it was nuts. Let's just jump into the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. I do feel like there are going to be a lot of mental health hot takes in this episode, though. Yeah, for sure. The police paperwork's like, uh, unknown people grab the body we were unable to detain them Everyone body was found in grinder yeah <laughs> no evidence found what a mystery wrap it up boys <laughs> you know what officer it was the damnedest thing we were moving him uh -huh. and he just tripped and fell into this into this grinder grinder yeah he had a classic fargo guys it happens. Now, is this like a metaphorical grinder? Or? <laughs> but let's just get into the movie so we can talk about Yeah, let's yeah, get yeah, into yeah. the movie. So uh, the movie opens with a radio announcer who is a local DJ who has the craziest conspiracy theories about Michael Myers through the entire film. I love it. Yeah. Everything he says is madness, and I'm here for it. But also... He's playing a song called The Midnight Monster Hop. And all I could think was, could they not get the rights to Monster Mash? Is that why this is happening? Paige, I legit thought it was going to open up at like 1950s Haddonfield for some sort of oh. weird flashback based on the music. I was like, what is happening? Like, are we about to go to like a sock hop? You might be interested to know this. Midnight Monsters Hop is a song from the same time period as the Monster Mash. Of course it is. It, it was a competing monster song uh, by Jack and Jim. I just love that out there there were two bands that were like, 
hey, you know what we should do? Write a song about a monster party. Yeah. So it was released in 1959, and Monster Mash was... 1962 oh shit so these are like oreos because oreos are just a ripoff of like hydrox or some shit like that was a cookie yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time and everyone now knows oreos because they did it better man i love wild. it i love that the people who wrote monster mash ripped off this song <laughs> that's hilarious because here's the thing it was kind of a catchy song and i was like i've never heard this before but why didn't they just get monster mash but now learning that it's the og Put some respect on Midnight Monsters Hop's name. Apparently. You know, I honestly think they should have gone with the better monster song, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Oh, I love Werewolf <laughs> Bar Mitzvah. Spooky, scary. Boys becoming men. Men, men becoming, becoming wolves. <laughs> then we fought some Draculas and Frankensteins too, because you gotta love our mitzvah, even if you're not a Jew. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> There's a whole three-minute version of that song. They use less than 30 seconds of it in that 30 Rock episode, but you can buy the full three-minute version. And honestly, guys, don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's weirdly funny. Anyway, so Haddonfield, Illinois, Halloween night, 2019. And so at this point, I was like, is this a year later? Because I couldn't remember if 2018... I knew it came out in 2018. I didn't remember if it took place in 2018, but it does. Because very quickly, they're like... It's a year after the events of the last movie. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the first two, I think, are literally the same night, right? Yeah. Yes. So they both take place in 2018. And then this takes place, I think, this year. So it's like four yeah. years later. Halloween Kills really is one starship chasing another starship very slowly throughout the whole film. <laughs> right, right, right. And then it blows through that other starship. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. would we tell people in the same ship our plan if we all think we're going to die? Mikey, I can tell how much you love Last Jedi. Fucking hate Last Jedi. In a way. I, I don't like Last Jedi either. It's well, here's the thing. I also don't like the most recent one, which is Revenge of the Sith. Oh no, the seven movies they wrapped into one movie where you're just like, oh. well, I, like, I felt oh, like they God. were trying to undo and fix all the weird shit they did in in Jedi. You just introduced your main villain for your trilogy in the scrolling crawl of the last film of. Emperor Palpatine's back? He's Question back! Mark? Guys, we cannot talk about Star Wars the entire Halloween Ends episode. I mean, I get it. Halloween is somebody, some people's Star Wars, so they're that upset. I'm trying to empathize with the listeners. I mean, there are people who are very upset about this. It's almost like making a trilogy without a plan for the three movies is a bad idea. But then we look at this one where there was a plan, and it's maybe still a bad idea. I think he had a plan, and I think they let him do what he wanted in the first one, and I think they... Meddled. I think there was a version of this script where Michael Myers was not in this movie, and they were probably like, no. I'm here for that version. I know, I am too. The thing is, Michael Myers was the boogeyman of Haddonfield, and it would have had a boogeyman of Haddonfield if Corey was the only person in it. Yeah, I know saying that is going to piss off a lot of people because they're going to be like, well, it's not Mike Myers, and that's true or whatever. But that's why Halloween season of the Witch is so fun. It fucking slaps. I know, and also... The movie has to outlive literally Laurie Strode. Like, she's she's not yes. going to live another 50 years, right? Right. So we need to have someone to carry on the franchise. Let that be this movie. Or make a sequel out of Halloween H2O where Michael Myers wants to kill Josh Hartnett because that's his last living relative. Yeah, that's true. H2O takes the different track. Yeah, well, because this one, Halloween 2, never happens, which is where they right. introduce Laurie being his, like, lost sister or whatever. 
But H2O carries that on. Yeah. And he's hunting Laurie's whole family, which would mean that Josh Hartnett would be the last surviving Strode that he has to murder. Which I'm also here for a Josh Bring it Hart- back around. Yeah, bring yes. it back around. Mikey, that is just the dark version of King Ralph, and I love it. <laughs> Turns out your relative got busy with Lori Strode next to a dumpster, and now you have inherited the country of being hunted by Michael Myers. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about this movie, man. We're 40 minutes in. How dare you lecture me on that after last night's travesty of ghosts? That ghost episode's going to be one of the best episodes. <laughs> Jesus Holy Christ. It's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre levels of weird. <laughs> Todd said the same sentence last night. He's like, we're an hour and a half in and haven't talked about the movie. I'm like, I know. I'm so tired. Okay, let's start it. Oh, wait, were you not recording this whole time? Oh, yeah. Halloween ends. No, fuck you. Uh, So Corey arrives at a house to babysit, and we establish that he is normally the guy that mows their grass. Yeah, he's their pool boy or whatever. Yeah, and he's so he's like a kid they know, and he's 21 and trying to save up to go to engineering school. Yeah. In the 2019, he does say he's 21 and he like ponders drinking a beer at one point. And then chooses chocolate milk instead. Yeah. Which I think is their way of being like, see, he's a good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the chocolate milk gets smashed in his hand later. It's like being good doesn't do shit when the world is against you. <laughs> you who infects you with evil. Ooh. <laughs> you have you who it. <laughs> We're going to have to amputate. <laughs> Not the you who's fault. It's that wobbly head giant boys problem. That- okay. Can we talk about how the band geeks are the bullies in this movie? Can we talk about I that have- for a second? So many thoughts about that. We gotta wait till they, we get to them. Okay. Put a pin in that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll put pin a pin it. in that. They must all have been trumpet players. Put a pin. I in was it. gonna say that, you bitch. I yes, 100. <laughs> percent They have trumpet players. Take the pin out to take his joke. Put the pin back in. Top. No more comments. No pins? more comments. No. Time. Take pins? the pin out. We got pins. We got pins. That oh, you motherfuckers. I'm, okay. I'm gonna tell you this. If any <laughs> high school kid dares try to bully me in my adult life, I will beat the shit out of you. Yeah, I'm saying it right now. I'll throw hands. Like if I'm walking my dog and you're gonna be like hey murder i'll be like i will slap the shit out of you kid get the fuck out of my face i'm walking my dog i killed that little boy and i'll kill you too what the fuck yeah. <laughs> i will hunt you down date your mother be your stepdad and fuck you up yeah <laughs> he'll do it too he's real single ladies yeah ladies. <laughs> that main bully had some real trumpet player energy you're right trumpet player <laughs> or french horn he was definitely a brass instrument i know that for sure this is definitely a school where their football team never wins because the, the band has oh, that yeah. much energy. Yeah, we're yeah, a yeah, nationally yeah. recognized band. We were in the Thanksgiving Day Parade at Macy's. You ever hear of the Rose Bowl? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my, my cousins got to do the Thanksgiving Parade because uh, my cousin uh, Jason was a percussionist and my cousin Sarah was a color guard person who was like super good at it. So they did that in high school. In my experience, the drumline... And the color guard are very big fans of each other. I would hope not. They're siblings. Well, I don't mean them specifically. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, they probably dated a lot of each other's friends is all I'm saying. Mm. Here's what I have to say about knowing what groups of the band date each other. (laughs) Gods don't bother themselves with the details of ants day to day life. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Mikey, I'm assuming that you're referring to yourself as God. (laughs) I said gods. Oh, well, I mean, that that would still make you a god, right? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, I would love to throw shade, but I was in a lot of school plays. <laughs> oh, and honestly, a lot of band people dated a lot of drama people in my school. That's why I thought I had a chance with that Rachel girl who I went and saw Blair Witch Project with on our date with five other guys. Well, yeah. They... I thought I had a chance, man. It was the whole drum line. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the snares. Anyway, so Corey shows up in a house that has way too many stairs. This is like a four-story house. It's Yeah, it's at least three because that's how far Jeremy falls. I mean... Is it Jeremy the kid's name? Yeah, Jeremy is the kid's name. Yeah, fuck them yeah. kids. <laughs> I, I would like to. <laughs> wow, I Mikey. would like to read the text messages I sent to you guys at one a.m. your time and eleven p.m. my time. It was very funny to wake up to this morning, <laughs> which was okay. Like twelve minutes in, and I'm on board. Yeah, fuck Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, dude, the cold <laughs> open of this movie is legit awesome. In a very dark, dark way. And then I do feel like it is sort of incongruous with the rest of the film. But I also get what it sets up and I'm here for it. I, l- I love this yes. mom being like, he's got all these problems. He's like, that's all like normal kid stuff, it really sounds like. And so. that's sort of what Corey says in that scene. He's like, that sounds yeah. like a kid with a really healthy imagination. And his mom's like, no, Jeremy's a bitch, but don't kill him. He's <laughs> like, okay, you guys have a good night. But if you don't do it, please do anything except kill him. <laughs> <laughs> when When I used to babysit, I would get lists of crazy things like that where you're just like, I mean, f- tell me the food allergies, but like... Yeah, yeah, food allergies are a must. Other than that, it's a kid, you know, like, yeah. I'm not going to show them porn. Like, what do you do? Like, we're going to sit down and watch whatever Disney movie they've watched 52 times this week. And you're going to pay me $35 an hour. An hour. <laughs> not me, I'm going to be like, we're watching my favorite movie because this is my time. Yeah, honestly, Mikey, you would be the Corey of this movie because he made a kid watch The Thing, and I know how much you love that movie and hate children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, <laughs> he only stopped at the scariest part. He's like, oh, maybe this isn't great, but you know what? <laughs> I'll burn a fun fact here because there are a lot of fun facts for this movie. The reason they include The Thing here, it's a shout out to the original Halloween where they're watching The Thing from Another World, which is the movie that The Thing is based on. Yeah, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, so they're watching The Thing and the kid's being just like a little brat. Jeremy is the worst child. Yeah. I mean, there are worse children. I mean, he's the worst kid of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he's been given an inch and is taking a mile. Yeah, he's a rich man's son. You could say it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Well, because Corey, I think, tried to be cool and was like, yeah, I'll let you watch a scary movie or whatever. And instead of being like, cool, Corey, we're buds, he's just like, oh, you'll let me do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. So Corey goes to try some of that zucchini bread, which did look delicious. It did. Yeah, I'm here for zucchini bread, banana bread. I'll eat any mm-hmm. of your breads. Yeah. And then he chooses not to drink a beer. He drinks a, a chocolate milk. And then when he comes back, Jeremy is just fucking gone. And that would yeah. be... As a babysitter, nothing more terrifying. Yeah. Holy shit. Because you're just like, oh my God, someone kidnapped the kid. Everyone's going to think it's my fault. Just like everything. And we hear Jeremy, because he searches the whole house. He searches outside. He searches everywhere. And we hear Jeremy upstairs screaming and because this is a Halloween movie you're like oh shit is it Michael Myers like oh my god I didn't think for a second it was Michael Myers I was like fuck this child he's the (laughs) worst because it's too early to reveal Michael Myers yeah I thought the kid was gonna hide and Michael Myers was gonna kill this Corey which honestly that would have been a cool reveal because I don't think you expect to see Michael Myers this early so I think you're like Mm -hmm. on board for this kid's the worst a cool take would have been like 
Uh, they do like a montage of all these deaths in Haddonfield after the cold opening. Yeah. yeah. If like Michael, like another take would have been like Michael's doing evil still, but just doing it like covertly. Like, well, it's implied later in the movie that there are people missing in Haddonfield and he is killing them. Yes, Like it is. in the tunnels. So like. Those are just other scores he had to settle. Like yeah. those are just the other franchises of movies they never made, but other Michael Myers beefs. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Michael on Michael action. Ooh. Uh, so, ooh. No. We hear Jeremy. He, <laughs> Corey climbs up three flights of stairs, which is enough to make me kick that kid down them because <laughs> fuck you. I think we proved definitively in our cold open that that kid wasn't kicked down the steps. His heavy head and gravity <laughs> did the job. His heavy head displaced his weight. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I was looking at the, the, the guardwell height. I really like went into the scene rewatching it, and I was like, the only way... He would fall off if his head weighed twice as much as his body, which is possible, I guess. And that's why it cracked open when he fell. (laughs) And literally all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put it back together again. Yes. The reason it happens is inexplicably the door to the attic faces directly opposite the banister. Yeah. And so he goes into the attic to look for Jeremy. Jeremy shuts him in there and locks the door, but I think Jeremy is also holding the door shut. Or just standing super close to it. Because when Corey kicks the shit out of that door, it hits the kid, right? Me, I would have came back with my chocolate milk, lay on the couch, because I didn't hear a door open and shut. I'd have been like, okay, kid, if you want to hide, that's like your thing, but I'm going to be right here. Now, if the kid would have ran out and I heard a door shut, I would have gone outside and been like, okay, you got to come back or I got to call your parents. And then I'd have been like, hey, your kid ran away. <laughs> and then the parents would be like, the cops will be arriving because you're our prime suspect. No, I'd just be like, your kid ran out the door. It's yeah. Halloween night. He grabbed some shit and ran out. I was like, not my fault you have a monster kid. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't do nothing wrong. Honestly, monster kid was also a song in the early 60s about a kid running out of his parents' house and going to a monster monster party. If you think I'm playing hide and seek and going up three flights of stairs, you're fucking wrong. He's a little piece of shit, a monster kid. (laughs) Mikey, I agree with you. I'm not climbing three flights of stairs. I'll be here when you come downstairs. It's fine. Or I would have stayed in the attic because then the parents would have come home and been like, where's... Corey and then the kid well, I think would that's have had the Haddonfield him. stuff where he thought Michael Myers was trying to get him yeah probably but it's one of those things where it's like it, if the parents come home and the child has locked the babysitter in the attic that's on the kid a little yeah, bit yeah 100% it's all on the kid so he's trying to break out of the attic and he's starting to panic because he's worried about Michael Myers because everyone's still afraid of Michael Myers it's only a year out and it's Halloween night it literally is the anniversary I get why people would be freaked out yeah so Corey kicks the door open like a man the door flies (laughs) knocking Jeremy off the banister down three stories onto the marble floor insta dead as his parents walk in like his parents watch his head bounce off the hardwoods like it was graphic my favorite part of the whole film is that the family Never cleans that blood up. No. And they must have conservatively lived in that house for at least three months before they sold it. They haven't sold it. I think they moved out. Like, they had enough money to move out. Yeah. And that house has been vacant since then, which is why Corey sort of lives there for a while in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as Jeremy hit the floor, I was like, what? Like, I know. What are we doing? What is this movie? This was like, not the most graphic cold open of this, this later trilogy, but it was the most that like hooked me in. I was like, what the fuck? 
a hundred. Anyway, so we cut to four years later. Yeah. Lori has bought a house in Haddonfield. She's writing her book. She lives with her granddaughter and she's trying to write her memoirs and kind of put it all behind her. So this is where we get the montage of like people who have like died of suicide or unfortunately killed others. Yeah. And this is also where we see Corey being put into a police car and he just says it was an accident like and no one believes him, although we know it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems like he's not really like in trouble for it anymore. So I I think he was found not guilty. Right. I think what probably happened is he pled to a lesser charge and probably did some time and is now out. Like an involuntary manslaughter kind of thing. Although that even that charge may be way longer than the three-year difference. Yeah. Well, we just it, don't ever see him in jail, you know? We don't. No, he got off. Because don't they, like, pick on him about it? They pick on his lesser charge at one point. So he oh, definitely okay. pled yeah, yeah, yeah. to a lesser charge. And I wrote it down somewhere, but it's later in the movie. Okay. He may have pled and got time served or something. Yes, I think that's what happened. Okay. Because the second they investigate that crime scene... They're going to find his shoe print kicking the door open. Like, everything they're going to find supports what he says. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he should have got any time. I think that's a that's an accident. Like, all the actual evidence supports what he says, but you could also see how that story would be sensationalized on the anniversary yes. of Mike Myers killing a bunch of people in town. Now this babysitter kills the child, quote-unquote. Like, yeah, Nancy Grace would have been all yeah, over exactly. it. We're here with the babysitter killer. Like, that's, that's what would have been Absolutely. on TV. By the way, ladies and gentlemen joining us all the way from hell nancy grace Hi, i'm nancy grace <laughs> that's amazing impression mm. yeah thank you Lori is kind of broken out of her reverie as she's writing by uh the smoke alarm because she left a pumpkin pie in the oven and i don't know if you guys you may not have been because maybe you weren't on on food talk or food book last year a woman bought a marie calendar's pie and put it in the oven at like 700 degrees or something crazy and then just left it there for hours. And then blamed Marie Callender. And then blamed Marie Callender. She was like, yeah. you ruined Thanksgiving. And it's like a charcoal briquette of a pie. Yeah. And there's a million memes about it. It's one of my favorite things. It makes me laugh so hard. Yeah, I've seen it on Reddit. Yes. And when Lori takes that pie out of the oven in this movie, it looks exactly like that burned Marie Callender's pie. I would love it if someone would take that meme and when they do the reverse shot of the pie itself where it's just that, they just crop in that picture of the pie. So it is like that exact one. <laughs> love it. My... <laughs> I love making fun of that pie. It's so funny. I do love how Lori's granddaughter then tries to turn off the smoke alarm by hitting it with the back of a broom. <laughs> like I watched, I was like, "Bitch, what are you doing? Wave the broom in front of it to wave the smoke away." What are we doing? Beat the shit out of that thing. Poking I, at it with a stick. I hate smoke alarms. I'm sure they save lives or whatever, but fuck them. This is coming from a guy who has taken a smoke alarm into the driveway and broken it, like oh, out of, in a fit of rage because I hated because it, it wouldn't so stop much. Beeping. Yes. And I replaced the battery four times, Paige. Yep, yep. Oh, been there, I been learned there. that my smoke alarms are tied to our, like, my uh, security system that was pre-installed. Yeah. And so, like, lots of fucking shit beeps, not just them. They're like, it's like the whole house is like, beep. And I'm like, this is terrible. What is happening? It yes. scares the shit out of and me. And it's always like at two in the morning when it happens. Always. always. Anyway, so Corey is riding on his bike uh, and he's late to work. But as he's riding up, we hear Willie the Kid, the DJ, talking about like, nobody's seen Michael Myers in four years. Where he's been? Where is he? Nobody knows. 
<laughs> little, do, little do we know that like he's pretty much turned himself into a ninja turtle. Yes, the secret <laughs> of the ooze is murder. That's why there's so many rats. It's Master Splinter. Exactly. If Corey crawls into that tunnel for the first time and is met by Donatello, I would have lost my goddamn mind, but it would have made as much sense to me. Yeah. Teenage mutant serial killer, <laughs> heroes in a half shell, stab, stab. I have heard that the original like comics of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were way darker than the show and they stuff are. was. That's true. So, like, yes. Maybe that's part, maybe that's canon. I don't know. They are way darker and way more explicit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, his dad, <laughs> who runs this kind of, it's like a junkyard slash mechanic kind of thing. And his dad, Ronald Roland. Who knows? His dad runs it. And his dad gives him a motorcycle in this scene to just basically be like, hey. It's so sweet, really. Like very, He and his dad are very, have a very sweet relationship. And I think that's why he doesn't target him to try and kill him later. I agree. And it, it happens as an accident. But, yes. Yeah. But we cut to Allison, Lori's granddaughter, getting pulled over by a creepy cop who I guess was dating her and then is pulling over to just be like, I just wanted to see you, which is a upsetting power dynamic. I thought that at the beginning too, but he really pulled over because there are mufflers dragging on the, on the ground. Yes, but then- But he is very creepy about it. He's very creepy about it, and then he continues to be creepy. Well, he's very clearly her ex, and it seems to be yes. sort of recent-ish. I mean, I got the vibe it had been like three months or so. Not like, it hasn't been like a week. It's been a, a, yeah. a length of time. A while. That, but he still feels like he can get back in there and she's very clearly like it's over you're a bad dude I don't want to have anything to do with you I'm strictly gonna date serial killers after this I I got the vibe that he (laughs) felt that he had access to her even though they were not dating anymore yeah I felt that too and I did not like that he he rang as villain to me almost instantly I mean when a cop pulls you over and more or less says I'm writing you a ticket for driving without my phone number like that's his vibe (laughs) right so like girl you drive with that ass yeah (laughs) yeah so like that is very much his vibe and that is very much a villain vibe and I I read him as a villain the whole movie I do get that he's a victim ultimately but i do think he had some ill intent towards allison maybe not ill intent but like it just felt creepy yeah icky's the right word but he lets her off she drives away yeah when she like drives away i wrote in my notes i was like i bet that's the first time he's ever got her off Oh, <laughs> love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sexual thank you. fulfillment joke. <laughs> Yay. So we cut to Corey, who's stopping at the liquor store just to buy like a chocolate milk. Yeah. And the teenagers pull up. They don't have their ID. They try to get him to buy them a few six packs. And he's like, no. And I'm sure in his mind, he's like, I'm not going to break the law, risk breaking the law again. Like the second I do anything i'm going to prison yeah because he's already in a spotlight i think that's why he doesn't fight back like i sort of got his position here and the thing that confused me the most was like i haven't been to high school in a long time are band kids the bullies now like that is not the way it was when i was a band kid they were always the bullies oh wow okay (laughs) am i just now having the realization okay okay yeah the band kids were the bullies always walking in formation and playing thriller (laughs) 
Oddly enough, we did play Thriller. Like, of course there, you did. I mean, but like at football games, like the, it was like a pet band song or whatever. But like, I, I it was so. I love that song, but I struggle to listen to it now because of the stuff that surrounds Michael Jackson and stuff. No, what are you talking about? Oh, um, Paige, I hate that I'm the person that has to explain this to you. He's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly have not seen the music video for Thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. He mm-hmm. makes it very clear. Anyway, so Corey won't buy them beer for understandable reasons. Yeah. But these kids are fucking murderous. They're like the kids and let the right one in. Yeah, band kids. <laughs> yeah, band kids. And one of them, like pushes Corey and he's like berating him and like messing with him and Corey squeezes that chocolate milk until it shatters in his hand yeah and in part they're calling him a pedophile creep which I'm like that's not even part of what happened he killed that kid yeah (laughs) he was so not attracted to children he kicked one down three flights of stairs yeah again you need to beat those kids ass (laughs) it was wild to me that this very clear trumpet player was like gonna be the bully of this movie I was blown away by that these fucking trumpet players are are being total assholes okay let me tell you what instrument everyone plays margo plays the flute we know she does though of course right i also felt bad for margo she's the one who was like leave him alone like why are you doing this yeah. she was always the one who was like i mean she was with them but because that that's like her click she doesn't right stop it but she yeah. speaks up at least yeah but honestly could she stop it like i i feel no, like they would have turned not. on her i feel like she does as much as she can in almost every situation and then for that she gets murdered whatever i felt bad for her but she is definitely a flute player the other girl was a clarinet for sure the mm-hmm. other dude with the mullet definitely a drummer he's got sticks he gets killed with one later and then the main bully guy with the letter jacket is a trumpet, player, trumpet player for sure yeah <laughs> Again, Corey, get your shit together, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Unless these kids were armed, I would I would be like, I will fight all four of you now. They are armed with rhythm. <laughs> you goddamn musical genius. I've, you know, this is not the first time I've had to beat four kids' ass at a gas station, but I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be the last. <laughs> I would have gone inside. Yeah, let me go. Let me go get you a. Let me, let me go get you a beer. I would have came out with a glass forty, busted it against the wall, and been like, "Let's fucking go." <laughs> and you bought that forty with their money. That's like yeah. a hell of a power move. I am here for that dominance play. I'm here for that shit. Hell yeah! It was perfectly good, King Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking glass right in your eye. Come on, bitch. But instead, he gets shoved by Brig. Wait, it's not. Brig. What's the bully's name? Brig was the tournament player at my school that was like this. What is the <laughs> what was what was the character's name? Whatever. The trumpet player bully. I don't remember his yeah, name. Who cares? He pushes Corey and then Corey falls into like the ice they have outside and his hand gets cut on the bottle of glass that he had just shattered in his hand. Yeah. It's like gross too, man. There's like glass shards in it and everything. But like Oof. luckily Lori Strode's there to like break up any other altercation. Yeah, and, and they're dicks to Lori too, where yeah. they're like Hey, freak show. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If Lori Strode lived in your town, every time I was around her, I'd be like, are you okay? Oh, my God. Can I take a picture with you? Can I get your autograph? You're the best. I, like, look up to you so much. Like Everyone in this town reacts to her like they're like, fucking bitch brought Michael Myers to us. No, she didn't. Like, what are you? 
What? She is as much a victim as your dead family members, except she is yes. still living in fear. You are yes. heartless assholes, lady at the grocery store. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I felt very baffling. bad for her. Yeah, absolutely. Baffling. Absolutely. <sighs> Although people deal with grief in troubling ways, so... Sure. Well, and I can understand the frustration of like, you're alive and my relative is not. Yes. I get that frustration. What I don't understand is people being like, you taunted a mentally ill man. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I literally <laughs> like, said, I don't remember that from the franchise. No, not at all. But that DJ specifically has some wild takes on the conspiracy so theory around many. it. Yeah. So yes. like he is not a reliable narrator. Anyway, Lori gives him a ride to the hospital and deliberately takes him to the hospital where her daughter works because she wants to introduce them. Yeah. And I think Lori knows who he is. I think she would have to. She pays attention. Yeah. Well, and they, they comment she, especially when she's talking to the father of the kid that got killed, there's this comment of like, he was not a bad kid. Like at a certain point he was there. There is still good in you, Anakin. I believe it like that, yes. you know, like, yeah. yes. Yeah. He's not fully turned yet. I, I think it Doug is the definitive turn. Could Yeah. Very possibly could be. Cause that's the first time he murders somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like just straight up murder somebody. Yeah. Anyway. So they go to stitch up his hand and he flinches, which knocks over all the stuff. So she has to like get a new sterile kit and, the doctor is a total asshole to her yeah. and is definitely sleeping with the other nurse. And that's the only reason that nurse gets the promotion. Oh, that is heavily implied. Although in that scene, she's still calling him doctor, whatever his name was. Yeah. And that's weird. If you're having sex with somebody, I'm not going to be like, oh, I've like really enjoyed our time together. I don't know. Made up fake name Esquire. Like, I'm not going to use their titles. I, like, that's weird. Here's the thing. People who are doctors, people who have a Ph.D. will insist that you call them doctor. Paige, in my day job, <laughs> I interview a lot of surgeons. Yep. And I'll say this. A lot of actual surgeons don't give a shit if you call them doctor. A lot of people yeah. who are not like whoever reached the lowest rung of the doctor ladder yes. will require yep. you to call them yep. doctor. People have been to like residencies and fellowships and are like breaking new grounds and doing very innovative shit in the healthcare space. They're like, call me Steve or call me Jessica. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't give a shit. Yeah. And I'll always ask them because I interview them for public consumption. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, do you want me to refer to you by doctor, whatever? And they're like, yes, no, that would be weird. We're just two dudes having a chat. And I literally yep. had a, a guy. His name was Dr. Khalid. Okay. He said that exact thing to me. He was like, no, we're just two guys having a chat about it. And I was like, love that. And then at the end of the episode, because I was so tired on that trip, I said, Thank you so much for joining us, DJ Khaled. And then we both had a very big laugh. I mean, it'd be hilarious if DJ Khaled got a PhD in anything other than eating pussy, because we know he doesn't do that. But like, <laughs> It'd have to be an honorary degree from yeah, a made-up yeah, yeah, university yeah, yeah. that he started. Right. I understand it when you're being introduced in a formal setting, like yes. if you're you know, receiving an award or if you're on TV or if you're like Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, or and then to be you know, Mr. and Dr. or Dr. and Mrs. and like whatever. Yes. Sure. Cool. Fine with it. It's the impersonal conversation that it drives me completely nuts. And at work, we we deal with doctors sometimes. And you are absolutely right. The people who have done the work never care. They're like, yeah, I'm just Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, but then the person who's like, I have a PhD in this really obscure thing <laughs> that like 
isn't actually medical, but technically I have a PhD. Yeah, I have a PhD in animal husbandry. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, it's doctor. Yeah, uh, no, I think you guys, the best one is when we watched Alive on Netflix. Oh, Alone, yes. <laughs> Alone, oh, yes. yes. And the the PhD, what was it? Animal processing and like prehistoric yes, errors. And leather and leather care and animal processing. <laughs> I was so like, crazy. that's not real. Is that real? <laughs> it's like, that can't be real. That plus the crazy accent. It was just a whole bunch of Oh, weird... you mean the made up accent? Guys, watch Alone on Netflix, the most recent <laughs> season, if you want to know what we're talking about. We, but yeah, I just thought it was weird that she was calling him Dr. So-and-so when she's getting in his shower wearing a bathrobe that he had just purchased her as a gift. Like, you guys are are clearly fucking okay but like maybe it's part of it oh like it's it's thomas s pumpkins part of it <laughs> thomas <laughs> that's s. my david favorite. s pumpkins whatever his name is i got what is wrong i with got you? i got two-thirds of it right it's fine <laughs> well, guys. tom hanks then yeah yes that's why i said thomas i didn't know what it was david s pumpkins and the skeletons are part, part of, of it. it yeah exactly <laughs> so she proceeds to stitch up his hand and pull all the glass out of it. Yeah. And she's like, I'm actually up for a promotion. It'll be it'll be cool. And he's like, oh, I, I hurt my hand at work. You know, I work at a mechanic shop. She's like, oh, I need a thing for my car. And he's like, oh, it's probably just, you know. A <laughs> no, thing she, what, what she says, Paige, is my car's making a rattle. And he goes, that's because your muffler's loose. You need two screws and a loop. And I was yeah, like, yeah. what are you, click and clack? There's no way you would <laughs> diagnose that immediately just off of a rattle. Like, there's other things that can rattle, Bro. For a hot second, I wondered if he'd been following her. And I was like, is he a stalker? He's like, it's not a rattle. It's me hanging on the bottom of your car, Cape Fear style, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> so she walks him out of the hospital to his bike and she's like, we should go out and do something. And he's like, both of us. And she's like, yeah, it would be fun. She does sort of, I won't say aggressively, but she pursues him romantically, which like is something it. we don't see a lot in film. And I like it too, Paige. I did like it. I feel like no matter, regardless of gender, like that doesn't matter to me at all like if you want to pursue someone romantically put yourself out there man like I, I love that she did he reciprocates because she's awesome and gorgeous like why yeah. wouldn't he right but I really like that she like makes that first move I was like that's pretty rare in movies it is and we cut back to Lori's house where she's there with one of the f townspeople that is their friend it's the bartender yeah, yeah. He, she's in the last one, I think, the Halloween kill. She is in the last one, but I also think she's in one of the early ones, and I don't remember which one. Oh, okay. okay. Well. Anyway, so she's like, Lori, you did this on purpose. And Lori's like, what? <laughs> what? And they are having tarot readings. Yeah. And she gets the death card, which in tarot does not necessarily mean death. It just means change. But it's also if you're like a Scorpio, that's like the card that's attached to you. So good luck, Scorpios. We're a pretty chill bunch. <laughs> I can't go through this. I can't walk with you through this. Mikey, what's your sign? It's Taurus because I'm stubborn and mean. Honestly? <laughs> yes. Todd? I am an Aquarius. All right. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that means. I, that yeah. Mine means I'm dependable. I, yeah. I know what people tell me about mine. Someone asked me some stuff about it and I was like, I was like, I get it that you feel the same way about Christianity as I feel about this. But like, <laughs> do you think everyone born in February has the exact same personality? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I've met some people that were born in February that like were delightful people to be around and had regular speaking voices and normal feet. So like there are differences between people that share common birthdays. Yeah. But do you know who else was born in February? Abraham Lincoln. We share a birthday. 
Hitler. Wait, was Hitler born in February? And he has great feet. No, Hitler was born in April. What are you I talking know, about? I know, but like not everybody in April became Hitler. Is that, you know what I mean? Just most. <laughs> <laughs> all that shit's bullshit is all I'm trying to say. I mean, it might be bullshit, but if it's not bullshit, I'm not fucking with it. Well, no, if I, you know. I'm but listen, you. sometimes <laughs> when Mercury's in Gatorade, I do feel super hydrated. So like there <laughs> is some, I, I get it. There's some electrolytes out in the universe. Yeah, it's not all wrong, Mikey. I am a believer in the real for a while until I have to be confronted with it. Like, I'm like you, Todd. Like, I see a lot of people who say that they're possessed by demons or there's a demon inside them or whatever. I see, you know, I, I have to assess them, you know, until they start throwing chairs with like levitating chairs at me and start talking Latin and then tell me the sins of my like my deepest, darkest sins. I'm just going to go ahead and still assume that, you know, they need help. So, yeah, like mental health help. Yeah. Even then I'm going to be like, they're a mutant. Call Professor X. Yeah. But the moment I go on a crisis call and like they do throw a chair with levitation mind powers at me, I'm going to be like, we got to get the fuck out of here. This is not our thing. (laughs) I didn't go to Vatican exorcist school. Yeah. Yeah. I chose this path so I could still fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey will exercise that P word, ladies. (laughs) And I'll, I'll leave your house. I'll be like, this house. Is dirty. (laughs) So she brings her car into the kind of junkyard and she's kind of talking him into going to the costume party. He's like, I don't have a costume. She's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. I got you. I do like that she is very open. He's like, sorry, I wasn't able to fix your muffler. And she's like, I didn't care. I came to see you. I didn't care about the car. Yeah. Like she makes it very clear that she's into him. And I love that. I thought that was great. I also love that. So the popular kid's dad brings his car and he's like, my idiot son drove three miles on a flat. Yeah. I was like, that's a long time. It really is. <laughs> also, I realize he like hits the kid in this scene and shouldn't hit the kid because ultimately it's the dad's fault for not teaching him how to change a flat. Also, it's modern day. Get triple A. Fuck. Or yeah, absolutely have roadside assistance or like whatever. Anyway, so we cut to Corey goes home and his mom is fucking nuts. Yeah. There's some weird type of abuse that is happening at home to him that they don't really delve into but like his mom's a little too concerned about him and his whereabouts and like she kisses him on the fucking mouth later yeah and i realize that there are some families that do that it's like a cultural thing whatever it felt sexual in this movie i've seen some of my friends kiss their parents on the mouth because it's part of what they do and it wasn't like sexual at all. This has a a vibe of of sexual. Yeah, yeah. there's some overtones of sexual in this uh, that you just don't see when people are doing it just like as like a hello or goodbye or whatever. Like yeah, you might no, I have do. kissed yeah. my parents on the mouth. That's not weird. Yeah, the the way it happens in this movie, weird. Yes. Well, and boys who keep secrets don't get custard. What? I was mm. like, bitch. Mm. Boys mm. who keep mm. secrets mm. just ate the custard. That's how you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like they're probably, keeping that yeah. secret. All right. So. We cut to the grocery store where the butcher of Haddonfield is apparently one of the brothers from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, really? No. Oh, but he's okay. just like, well, I got your meats. And, like, he's got a crazy <laughs> accent. Uh, but Lori runs into the sheriff who's making meat croquettes for the guys at the station. And I'm like, everyone's going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> what is a meat croquette? I didn't know what that was. Croquettes are usually like... You will often do like salmon croquettes or seafood croquettes, but they're kind of like a crab cake, but with meat. Okay. Honestly, sounds delicious. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really like seafood, but I would definitely try what he would. He's making then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So they have this conversation where the sheriff is learning Japanese. He's trying to move on with his life. Everything is kind of going well for both of them. And she's talking to him about how she introduced Corey to Allison. And even he says, like, I always thought Corey was innocent. Everyone kind of is like, it was unfortunate, but we do think it was an accident. Yeah, I mean, he would be the person who has probably the most information, or at least access to the most information about the actual events of that night, right? Right. right. So I would believe his judgment. Absolutely. And at this point in my notes, I just have, fuck already! Because, like... I know. I don't know how they went four years without dating. Like, I don't understand. Because it clearly telegraphed at the end of the last movie that they were going to get it in, and then they didn't. Maybe they did. Maybe they, like, fucked on and off for, like, three years, and they're like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Uh, that part doesn't work for me either I think they should have been dating during this whole movie Or been together yeah. Like if they were married in this last movie I'd have been fine with it Yeah, Old people deserve love too y'all Yeah. <laughs> anyway as she's walking out of the grocery store In the parking lot She gets confronted by a woman in the parking lot Who has one of the victims from the last movie In a wheelchair It's like her sister or something And man she's yes. like what are you smiling about Like, Which is bonkers Because Lori's also a victim yes. Like it's so so weird. Yeah. But you know what? I'll give it to you because people treat people like shit for no reason. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely yeah, yeah. see this exchange happening. I also think it's ridiculous, though. But I, I do love that she's like, this woman was your neighbor and you don't even know her name. And I was like, oh, shit. I could only tell you one of my two neighbors names. And that's because we spoke two days ago yeah i was gonna say i recently learned a neighbor's name who has known my name for a long time yeah i'm not great with names so uh we cut to Corey and allison are going to the halloween party and we do get willie the kid the dj talking about how he thinks michael myers also killed john pope john paul the first and i was like john paul the first like that's so long ago <laughs> i know i loved it though because to me it was like all right, finally a guy who gets it. Like, he knows <laughs> the truth, and we're going to hear it. I was, I loved it so much. I also love that he is, like, just a, like, 1970s rock DJ. In the middle of 2022, right. yeah. Right, he even, like, sort of dresses like it. Like, I'm, like, here yes. for that dude. I love his energy, and I love that he's on to the truth. Like, I love it. I, I feel like a conspiracy theory podcaster or live streamer would have made more sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. because that would be very 2022. Yeah. This is very 1972. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we cut to the party, and he's dressed as a scarecrow. She's dressed as a cat, because they literally just put masks on and went to this party. And... Her friend is like, hey, she's dating the guy that fucked the old lady at the nursing home. Just kidding. It's the guy that killed a kid. Because her <laughs> friends are assholes. And also, Paige, like, that's a weird first misdirect. Like, who is that person that gave you the idea of, like, who was having sex with people at the, the nursing home? Like, we need to address that issue that's going on in town, Spoiler, too. Spoiler, Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's having fun at the party, but he's, like, taking his mask off, which I was like, Wait, why did that make you go, ooh? Because she does not like, he's a butterface. Nah, I mean, he grew on me through the movie. But for me, it was a, a safety thing of like, people know who you are, man. And oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And they don't think that because you also are a victim of this horrible event that happened to you, that yeah. you can't experience love and joy because they're yep. terrible people. Okay, cool, 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 mm -hmm. cool, cool. Good luck, Haddonfield. Yep. 
uh, and he goes to the bar and the mom is there. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, so you're just here dancing and having a good time, even though you fucking killed my son and just like shouts him out of the party. Yeah. And and he's understandably upset. Yeah. I, I understand his reaction here where he's like, you brought me to a party where you knew this could happen and you kind of talked me into going and whatever. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it too. I don't think he handles it the best way. I mean, he doesn't no. react violently. He removes himself from the situation. Right. But I mean, I think he could have handled things better with Allison. Yes. But I mean, ultimately, he had to get out of there and did. Yes. Uh, and so he leaves on his own, almost gets hit by a car. And the trumpet players who've been bullying him this entire movie, they pull over to hassle him on the overpass. Oh, you mean murder him, Paige? Yeah, because he well, and he pulls a knife to be like back up, and they throw him over the overpass. Yeah, and then they just run away. And I, Margo, at least, is like, "Oh my god, we killed a kid!" Like, which first of all, no, he's an adult. He's an adult. But secondly, yes. like, what the fuck? Like, I'll say this though, and I happen to know the lawyer that's defending this case, and their case is. Corey's got a heavy head And when he hit that <laughs> side rail okay. It just yeah, pulled him yeah, down and yeah. like, Ass over apple carts Yeah it's not Briggs fault I know that's not his character's name But that's his name You know what I'm saying Right 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 He's just got a big ass head Corey is like a foot taller Than these kids too And like the fact that he just Lets himself be overpowered By these band geeks Is killing me Yeah I do also get that He doesn't want to get in trouble With the law again Because he has like to lay low Yeah yes. I know I know But he pulled a knife I get it But Mikey if that was you And and unprompted, like, four 17-year-old kids came up to you and, and were, like, messing with you. I have no doubt that you wouldn't stab them in the throat, each of them. 17-year-olds look like adults. If you're going to come fuck with me, I will fuck with you. Yeah, I'm not checking your ID before you get an ass beaten. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean... You, you should probably check IDs before you touch asses. Also, I'm definitely <laughs> not going to fight anybody. I am the kind of person who will, A, get beat up, or... B, outrun you. Those are my two options. I'm not fighting anybody. Anyway, yeah. we cut to Lori's house. Now, this conversation in the context of the alternate ending is very interesting because uh, Allison comes home and she's really mad. And she's like, and, and Lori's like, what are you doing? And she's like, am I not allowed to be mad? And she says, no, you can. You can be mad. You can smash things. You can ruin things. But you have to be careful because it's addictive. Yeah. Which I think really kind of speaks to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it yeah. does. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Because this is like, I think, Corey's beginning slippery slope into becoming not the next Mike Myers, but that's what it sets up, right? Right. Because we we saw Corey land under the overpass and then someone drags him into the tunnel. So he wakes up in the tunnel and tries to limp his way out. But as he's leaving... Something grabs him, and it is Michael yeah. trying to choke him to death. You definitely see it, yeah. But for some reason, he's yeah. not, like, in the same, like, chamber as... He's, like, hiding in, like, a little... Like, yeah. crack in the wall where Michael can see it all, and he's, like, <laughs> choking him through it. It's weird. Well, here's what's really interesting, because when he brings Doug down there, and we get a better look at kind of the whole shebang that's yeah. under... There's a knife in the stone of the wall that he pulls out. Yes. And then in that stone, it looks like there's a reflection of Michael's face, almost as if this is like a cave that creates Michael's. So I thought we might get at some point a reveal that Corey has been imagining Michael the whole time and he's the one that carved Michael's face right. into the side. 100%. Like a yeah. Fight Club-esque yeah. reveal. We didn't, but I thought that, yeah, because of all that imagery. Yeah, um, but we don't. It's, it's more confusing. <laughs> right, no, no, no. It's not as good as that. Right. No, it's really happening. Yeah. So 
He crawls out of that tunnel and one of the men living under that overpass grabs him and is like, he takes people in there. Why do he let you live? Go in there and get me that mask. I'm Michael Myers. Uh, Which for a second I was like, is Michael Myers like 007? (laughs) I mean, that is almost like what is set up in this movie, Paige, which I would have been here for. I do like that in order to become Michael Myers' current uh, mentee, you mm-hmm. have to murder his current mentee, right? You, right, And right, that's right. what happens here because clearly this man experiencing homelessness under this overpass was Mike Myers' mentee and then he kills him and then he becomes that. Right, right, right. Because the original Michael Myers has been living like a king in Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> For quite some time. He fled to Argentina. He also was born on April 20th. <laughs> anyway, so... He stabs this old man because the old man attacks him. So, like, it is self-defense. But he, like, throws the knife. He goes home, is washing off in the bathroom. And his mom will not leave him alone. And she's, like, mad that he was out all... She believes he was out all night with Allison and is just, like, filthy girl. And I was like, oh, this is... There's some badness going on here. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. We cut to the hospital where it's revealed that Allison didn't get the promotion, but Deb did because... Because she's fucking the boss, like the doctor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. We Mm -hmm. find out why she got the promotion almost immediately. But you can also see how much it pisses off Allison. because, And honestly, the doctors treated her like shit every scene you see the doctor in. I knew the doctor was going to die the first time it, like they interact. Okay. I'm, not, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Of course, you're going to take up for the man. Paige, buckle up here. Mikey's about to have an, a bad take belt. I'm not going to take it for the doctor. But we never get told if she's a good nurse or not. She could be killing people up in there. We see that she's a good nurse when she takes the glass out of Corey's hand. Okay, that's a small procedure. We don't even know what type of nursing floor she is working on. I thought it was the ER. Or wound care. (laughs) Could be. She could be terrible. Of course, that's why she didn't get the job. Not because the lady who got the job is currently fucking the guy who's hiring for the job. Yeah, it's clearly because Allison wasn't qualified. Mm Mm-hmm. Just saying, we don't have all the information. I think we have enough information, Mikey. I think we do, too. I think there's good people on both sides. Oh, this is why people think you're an alt-right propagandist. As Otis Productions' head of HR, I think that he definitely did something wrong. Yeah, well, I would say even if she is the better nurse, hiring the person you're sleeping with is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But she was a redhead, though, so I got it. Mm -hmm. Oh, whatever. Anyway, so (laughs) we cut to Lori's house where Corey is standing outside. Yeah, like a friggin' creep. Like, he's standing like Mike Myers did by the bush. And she, like, looks out the window and sees him and then comes out and, like, walks down and looks over and he's not there. And then he, like... After like effect, right pops her. out from behind her like the uh, insidious Hi. reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she immediately just looking out the window at him gets the vibe. Gets oh, yeah. The Michael Myers vibe. That's when she, she sees Michael's eyes in Corey's eyes. <laughs> Paige, are you all right? <laughs> I am. Uh, it just reminded me of a movie that I don't think either of you have seen that I've threatened to do on Romancing the Pod multiple times. Is it Multiplicity? No, it's oh. it's Grease 2. Uh, where <laughs> there's a song that goes, who's that guy, the one on the cycle? What would they say if they knew it was Michael? <laughs> Looks to me like he can really fly. 
This is a long song, Mikey. Guy? I'm checking out. <laughs> See you guys in five minutes. Anyway, so he picks up Allison. They break into the house from the beginning, and he kind of walks her through what happened that night. And, like, she talks about hearing about the case back in the day. And she was like, I felt like I knew you. I felt like I kind of understood you. Yeah. We cut to Corey's house where Lori shows up and is like, hey, uh, so my granddaughter is seeing your son. I thought I should meet you. And the mom is like, she should be so lucky. He's <laughs> handsome and sensitive. And you're just like, whoa. Whoa. But yeah. I am handsome and sensitive. You know, you saying? guys were on a break. I know. She is very hurt to hear that her son is dating somebody. Oh, it's very dark. uncomfortable. Yeah, I did not like that relationship at all. Because of the implication. Yes. yes. But the mom said something really interesting in the scene where she says, your boogeyman disappeared and the town needed a new one. Yeah. Which, again, if they had, if it had been he's the new shape of evil, that would have worked really well. Like, Agreed. I feel like they set a lot of that stuff up and yeah. then they kind of undo it at the end. Anyway, so Allison and Corey uh, end up kind of talking to each other at like a diner they've been on a date seemingly all day yeah um about and he's really kind of sowing some seeds of doubt about Lori in this scene and he has no reason to Lori has only been nice to him but he's like yeah I think she feels guilty and that's why she's making you her child and like you're having to live your life to make her life okay like it's really kind of a dark turn already yeah, yeah. but as they're talking, the police officer that she was dating, Doug, comes over and is just like, hey, girl, we've got cake and completely ignores Corey. <laughs> and, and Allison's like, I'm I'm with someone. He's like, sorry, do you want cake? Like, yeah. he's like, did you not hear me? I said cake cake. But he is very much like being like, hey, you're still my girlfriend. Why don't you come over here and hang out with me? And she's very much like, no, we broke up three months ago. You're an asshole. Fuck off. Yes. And Corey picks up on that vibe and like now that he is, I think, fucking done with yeah. not asserting himself, he gets right up into Doug's face and he's like, you want to hug a dick, motherfucker? Well, and then Doug brings up, this is where they bring up what he must have pled to. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, does Mr. Aggravated Manslaughter comfort oh, you when you can't sleep? That's got to be what it is. Do you feel safe yeah. with him? Yeah, Aggravated Manslaughter. I don't know what... I'm looking at sentencing. First degree indictable offense for recklessly causing the death of another from acting in a way that constitutes an extreme indifference to human life, punishable by a sentence of 10 to 30 years with a fine of up to 200,000. So maybe that's why what they tried to charge him with. And, and he, he got, got off. off. Yeah, because I don't think by that definition, he could be found guilty. Yeah, he was trying to kick open the door. Right. Yeah. I don't think it meets the burden of acting in a way that constitutes an extreme indifference to human life. Right. I don't think that is the case. Right. Jeremy did that, but <laughs> he is dead. So you can't charge him. It's on him for walking around with a heavy ass head. <laughs> yeah. Like an orange on a toothpick. It's spherical, but quite pointy in parts. <laughs> yeah. Heed pants. <laughs> yeah. Love that movie. Anyway, Doug backs off. I think because he's kind of scared of Corey. Because also, like, we know Corey has at least one body to his body count. What's how many people he slept with have to do with anything? <laughs> Hot take. Allison's definitely his first. Yeah, I think so, too. They have sex once, and he's like, we should run away together. She's his first, guys. <laughs> 
I think so. Prove me wrong. I don't think he's her first, though, because she had a no. boyfriend in the first one, right? Anyway, the person who does not give a fuck is terrifying because they yes. have nothing to lose. Exactly. Yeah. And he does not give a fuck, and that is very clear. Yeah, and, and he truly does have nothing to lose at this point. I feel like a lot of people really hate Corey in this movie, and they're like giving Corey a bunch of shit online. He is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Honestly, he's a really compelling character. Yeah, and he has like yeah. super awesome, compelling character development. I get why he does what he does. The actor does a good job. Absolutely. I get you may not like the way Corey is written in the script. You may not like his like story, but the dude does a good job. Oh, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with that it's a Halloween film. Yes. It's a Halloween film, but it's not a Halloween film, and that's the problem. <laughs> Paige, I agree with that take, too. Like, I understand why people don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. So because he kind of stood up to Doug, he sits back down and Allison is like, let's burn it to the ground. Like, she's like, I'm in. Let's go. Like, yes. So he takes her home. They make out on his motorcycle. And she's like, do you want to come in? And he says another night and rides away. And Doug follows him. Yeah. He seems to realize that Doug is following him, so he leads him under the overpass. Or he was just going there anyway. Like, he did just kill that man experiencing homelessness and then just throw the knife that his fingerprints are all over. Yeah. So, like, he needs to go clean up the scene. So... Yeah, maybe I thought because he was looking over his shoulder and he sees Doug Park kind of slightly out that he led him there deliberately i think he yeah. led him there deliberately i mean absolutely he could have led him there deliberately too i'm not saying i'm right but he also could have been going back to clean up the scene like could be both yeah like there are reasons he could go he was going back there you know so he seemingly hides we don't know where he's at because doug gets out of the car and looks at the tent that looks like it has a light in it he opens the tent and the dead body falls out from before yeah as he does that Corey tackles him and leads him down the tube Doug climbs into that tube, into the sewer, and Corey seems to be gone. But Doug is like, I'm going to fuck your face up, you little shit. Like, he's like hardcore. Yeah. But Corey's in there being a little creep. And this is where you see, like, the face cut into the stone. And Michael launches out and attacks him. And Corey holds him in place while Michael stabs Doug to death. This death felt a little sexual to me. Uh, yeah, a little Corey bit. Corey is holding Doug and Michael is just stabbing him over and over. And it was shot in a way that made it look a little. Well, because he's he's holding Doug. So Doug is like laying back yes. on him, yes. which to me made me worry. Like, how long is that knife? Is he going to get stabbed too? It's just an average size knife. It's just yeah. an average it, size. Listen, yeah. Paige, it's not about the size of the knife. It's about what you do with it. Yeah. It's the rhythm of the stab. You know what I'm saying? And the angle, rhythm and angle. Yeah. You're such a size scream queen. <laughs> I can't get into it. Another debilitating giggle fit about Henry Cavill. About Henry Horsecock Cavill, yeah. I can't, so we just need to move on. Hey, did you hear about what happened when he was circumcised as a baby? No, did they use it as an inner tube after? No, but instead of using a moil, they had to use a most. It was impossible for him to get circumcised. It broke the scalpel. (laughs) They had to bring in a chainsaw. What they had to do was lay a little bit of Kryptonium on his chest, and that way he could be cut. Is that what it is? Kryptonite! 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 (laughs) I don't care. Superman's the worst fucking superhero. Anyway, so Corey, after helping to kill Doug, goes to see Allison, and he looks kind of beat up, and she's like, who did this to you? And he then quickly asks her, like, did Michael Myers let you live, or did you escape? Yeah. And she's like, my mother saved me, and she kind of cleans him up, and then they go upstairs to bone it out. 
They definitely do. And have you guys ever had sex with a murderer? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably? Really? Mikey? I don't know. I was going to say, unless Jake needs to answer some questions real quick. (laughs) Do you really know anybody? (laughs) You know what I mean? Honestly, that is a question. It's worth asking. Okay, if you would you date somebody who accidentally opened a door and then a child fell three stories onto their head and died? Yeah, Hell yeah, I would. yeah, because I want the tea. I want to be like, yo, what did Jeremy do that made you snap? Yo, how heavy was Jeremy's head? <laughs> did you ever like lay him down on the bathroom scale just to find out? <laughs> did he have Jimmy Neutron disease? <laughs> That's a real disease, Paige. How dare you make jokes about that? We've lost Paige. I'm just picturing that kid as Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Jeremy is just Jimmy Neutron. I do love that the police, when they were like investigating the scene, they were like, okay, clearly he fell from the third floor. That makes sense. All the blood splatter lines up. Why is there a bathroom scale next to his head? <laughs> like, that's so weird. I mean, clearly he didn't get beat to death with it. There's no damage of the scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Lord, his head was 70 pounds? Yeah, and then the rest of the police came in, man, like, every little thing he does is tragic. Every kid he kicks just falls to death. Yeah, just, oh, that was wow. a police joke. Thank Call you. Call the police. <laughs> Why is Sting here? He's here to measure the head. <laughs> you know what stung is him after he hit his head after falling to the <laughs> like, story. Ah. But of course, Stuart Copeland doesn't show up because he's an asshole. Sorry. Right, right, That right, is a right, drummer right. of That's police. That's a deep cut police joke. joke. Yeah. Listen, and I love Stuart Copeland. Dude's amazing, but he's also an asshole. He's the kind of guy who on like VH1 Behind the Music said, I'm not Sting's drummer. He's my bass player. Yeah. And I'm like, it's Sting, bro. And I'm like, hey, Stuart Copeland. I'm a drummer too, but like I know whose job it is to like entertain and it ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? Sit down, yeah, Stuart. Like, no one's going to come see you without Sting. Yeah. You know who's going to go see the police without Stuart Copeland? Everyone who was going to go see the Anyone. police with Stuart <laughs> Copeland. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know why you go see like bands. Do you think the band was really confused in 2020 when they like got on Twitter and they're like, fuck, the police is trending. I don't understand what we did. Groupies have been doing this for years. <laughs> so Lori comes home just as she sees Corey and Allison going upstairs. Yeah. And Michael is watching from the shadows. But he's just like creeping. He is just creeping. Yeah. Anyway, the next morning, Corey and Allison wake up next to each other and his mask is on the dresser. And we cut to. Leave your mask on the dresser. And get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We cut to work where Deb, the other nurse who got the job, is like, you're fucking him, aren't you? The local creep. Like, I know how your grandma, like, fell in love with Michael Myers. <laughs> and Allison's just like, shut your fucking mouth. And she's just like, oh, I know, right? <laughs> Allison really says you're not even talking to me you're talking at me just shut up and she's like I know like I talk too much and like she like continues to go continues on to do it and the, the funny thing about what she says here that lady I don't know what her name is but the lady Deb. who got the got the promotion yeah Deb she is the one who was fucking the local creep. That yeah. is the doctor in this movie. Who's doing fantasy football trades as they're like yes. getting ready for procedures. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got to He's got to match up against Taco. So he's got to make sure he's, his lineup is online. Got to pick people up off the waiver wire. Exactly. I don't know what that means. I don't know either, but I watched the league. So I have a base yep. understanding. Yeah. So 
we cut to Lori, who's talking to her bartender friend, and she's like, I felt like I could see Michael's eyes in Corey. Like, something changed. Yeah. See, if I was at this bar, I'd have been like, okay, we need to, people's eyes don't mean they're evil. I was like, <laughs> we got to take a time out here. Let's take a breath. No, Mikey, you fully would have been like, do you think a face-off situation is happening? <laughs> yeah, 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 do you think yeah, he yeah. went through the face-off machine? He took his eyes? <laughs> Did Mike Myers face waterfall anybody when he was in town last? The best part is that they cut to him <laughs> stopping that car and like, like asking Corey, if he, like I'm gonna apply, uh, apologize to Corey and let him forgive him. And like the only thing that makes Corey look evil is like he squinted his eyes when he leaned into the car. Like, well, here's what I needed, and I thought I was gonna get it in that line because essentially the bartender's like, "There's someone you should meet. It's the father of the kid that Corey killed." Yeah, and the father is like, "I think it was an accident. I've always thought it was an accident. I think he was a good kid, and I don't know if the town turning on him or what turned him into something else. But I stopped to see him the other day, and." there was a darkness inside him. And what I needed to hear was that Corey did not recognize him when he stopped. Him. Yeah. That to me would have been like, it is not Corey. It is evil. Something else has taken over. Yeah, I agree. There's like infinite better ways to illustrate it than they did. Yes. I thought it was weird that Laurie Strode started walking around town with a Polaroid to stop in cars saying, have you seen these eyes? Yeah. And then her <laughs> arms turned into this like liquid metal. And she's like, <laughs> anyway, so we cut to Dr. Mathis and Deb uh, at his very cool mid-century house. It is I really dope. I was here that for it. House. Dude, the pool in the middle of the house, like with the like the stonework was super cool. Like obsessed I, with like the cabanas. I would have <sighs> fucked him too, Paige. That's what we're saying. Right? We both would have fucked him on. Like, yeah, Paige. A I pool get it. in a yeah. courtyard. Ugh. I don't know how a house from Palm Springs was magically transported to Haddonfield, but I'm here for it. Uh, it was great. I saw palm trees in that backyard. Like, yes, yeah, it was amazing. It's wild, but yeah, I love that house. Uh, he's like, I've got a bottle of En Bon Climat, and I'm just like. Bro, she's already at the house. Yeah. <laughs> you already gave her the job. Everyone you knows gave what's her happening. A promotion here. Yeah. and a robe. He might not be the nurse manager. He might just be in an unrelated position of power, which is also bad, but he may have not been the interviewer. It's all it I'm doesn't I matter, do like Mikey. that Mikey's take is it's probably not as bad <laughs> as you guys think it is. She's a travel nurse. <laughs> <laughs> travel nurses make bank. They do make a lot of money. Yeah, good for them. Anyway, so we cut to she's kind of getting ready in the shower. He's like prepping the cabana and she hears a thud and calls for him and he's not there. And she comes out and the bottle is broken. The pool area is dark and she sees Corey with a bag tied tied around his head, just brutally murdering him. Like this is a brutal death. It is. It's wild. So she runs. She slams his hand in a glass door uh, but as she backs up, Michael Myers is there and he bats clean up and chokes her and then pins her to the wall with a knife while Corey watches from outside in a very voyeuristic way. Oh, yeah. I, just, I didn't understand the scene after that where Michael and Corey made out. I just didn't, I didn't get it. It's a callback to natural born killers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. I mean, yeah, it is pretty wild. I thought it was really cool the way he stabs through her and she's stuck. It's like stuck in the wall like. Some of that shit was really cool and done very, very well. Yeah. I think that's a reference to the first movie. Doesn't that happen in the first movie? It's happened a couple times, I think. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. We cut to Corey on the motorcycle with Allison where 
they go to the top of that radio station and they're sitting on the roof and he talks about how he used to want to climb the tower as a kid and wish that everything basically could go back to normal. But in order for that to happen, he's got to get away from everyone who knows me, but he doesn't want to go alone. And as he's talking about this, she notices that his hand is infected. Yeah. With evil. Well, I mean, that's the implication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he does this thing where he like fakes out, jumps off the roof and she's like, oh my God, but he is fine. Yeah. And as they both kind of climb down, the DJ, Willie, comes out and is like, oh, you're the fucking freak that killed that kid. And then he turns to Allison and is like, and your grandma's the person that teased a man with brain damage until he snapped, which again... That's not what happened, right? Not established. No, I I don't understand where that's coming from. It's a myth, you know? Yeah. I mean, he has some awesome hot takes and I'm here for him. But yeah, and I'd be like, who are you? You're like a small town radio DJ. Are you like, is this radio a nonprofit? Do you make like $2 an hour? Like, (laughs) how is this even a career? Like, no one listens to the radio. The Haddonfield murders didn't even happen. It was crisis actors and Michael Myers is actually one of the Hollywood elite, and he's just doing it to be paid in adrenochrome. Exactly. Well, I heard Paige. Michael is only killing people who got the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's tracking them with 5G. <laughs> oh, my God. So we cut to, they basically agree that they're going to leave Haddonfield together. He goes home, and his mom immediately is like, she's trying to take you away. Get out of my house. And then kisses him on the mouth. After slapping him. Like, it's such a weird dynamic. I hated it. It's super weird. And then his dad just says, I hope you find love as he leaves. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? We cut to October 31st. Halloween's or Jesus ween, depending on your belief system. I've never heard okay. of Jesus ween, but like that there's sounds bunch, sexual. There's a bunch of bus ads, like like billboards that are like this year celebrate Jesus ween. And I was like, guys, <laughs> do they not understand what that sounds like? No. And then there are other people in like the comments online where people post it. They're like, how about Holy Ween? And then people are like, boy, do I have something to tell you about the history of Halloween? I know. Right. Like, Jesus. Okay, whatever, man. Like, you got to get your people straight. Both of you guys. You got to figure that shit out. (laughs) Those are my people. I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) Jesus Ween. Because I feel like even other Christians I know were like, guys, no. What? What are we doing? I mean, I know of plenty of Christians that are like more your your two speeds that are like our speeds. Yeah, that are like, what the fuck is that group doing? You know, like not in the fresh hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, oh wow, and it's just like a tone deafness that screams white lady. You know? Yes. Well, you know, people brought it up internally, like you're talking about, Todd, but they just don't have the emotional energy to fight those internal battles right now. Like, refer to my last email. I think this might be misconstrued. And then after the third meeting, you're like. Fuck it. If you want to call it Jesus Wing, do the fuck whatever fuck you want. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to deal with this shit around here. I, which I don't know why. So when I was growing up, I grew up at the height of the satanic panic. What? Yes, she's serving. Anyway, so. <laughs> I bet Paige, same. We all did. Yeah, yeah. Our church called it Fall Family Festival, where like you still wore costumes, like you still carved pumpkins. There was candy, a bunch of games, but yeah. it was considered this like 
safe alternative to other Halloween stuff. But most people also trick-or-treated. So, like, it was just Halloween by a different name or whatever. Yeah, like you trunk-or-treated, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like that same. kind of thing. Did the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. I'm about 99% sure that that's what Jesus Ween is also. Sure, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but just call it Fall Family Festival or something. Like, what, Jesus Ween? What are we doing? It's troubling, Paige. <laughs> It's a branding issue. It I is. have issue with the brand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have issue with pl- a church creating a safe place for people to be on Halloween. No. It's the branding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's Jesus Wayne. And <laughs> Corey is now sleeping in the house where he killed that kid because his parents had kicked him out. Yeah. And he wakes up and Lori is there. And Lori's like, yo. Something is fucking up with you. Yeah. You've got Michael eyes. Murder eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look at you and I'll see a knife. You've got murder eyes. Yeah. Mikey, how does it feel to be on a podcast with two musical geniuses that can make up music on the spot? Again. I don't know when they're showing up, but I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know what podcast you think I'm on when I'm not <laughs> recording with y'all. Uh, it's it's called what was the the one in Dashcam Car Band Car. It's called Band Car. Yeah, Band, band car. car. Anyway, so she's basically stay the fuck away from my granddaughter, and yeah. he's just like, if I can't have her, no one will, and she's just like. Well, fine then. <laughs> so she leaves. <laughs> She's like, this escalated very quickly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like their feelings did in one week. Yeah. Uh, it is a very Romeo and Juliet story. They have sex one time and they're like, we have to run away together. And then yes. one of them dies. We have to poison each other, but then sleep <laughs> in a grave. Fuck yes. Paris. He can die too. Yes. He calls her in one of the creepiest phone calls ever and is just like, we have to go. I need you to meet me at the diner by 74 because your grandmother wants to kill me. <laughs> Paige, that is exactly how he He sounded. was in the room. I don't yeah. know what's telling It you. was very sexual. He was masturbating. Like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that like. She is at work, but they're planning on leaving forever. Yeah. And she's worried, like, I'm at work. I can't leave right now. But you're leaving forever, lady. Just, like, <laughs> go. It's not like yeah. your boss and Deb are there anymore to, like, hold you to your schedule. Yeah. Hold on. I have to put in my PTO. <laughs> you got to put out your notice. And, yeah, I mean, you can't. This is, I feel like their parts were written for high schoolers. And then they're like, let's up their ages, like, five years. I mean, they were high schoolers when the, the trilogy started, right? Yeah. This yeah. trilogy. But I mean, like, yeah. him being like, let's run away and she's like i'm a full-time nurse like i have to give a two-week notice i pay taxes asshole like (laughs) yo i gotta worry about my credit score like we gotta worry about like actual real life shit but no this is romeo and juliet so it's fine anyway he goes back to the tube and fights michael and steals his mask yeah because you know how michael's like a little bitch who can't hold on to his mask (laughs) yeah but michael's got wicked core strength because anytime people beat him and he just like sits straight up you're just like man the abs on that guy oh i know like if that was a real 75 year old man the second he tries to sit up like that his legs would go up too like there's no way he's doing that i would love for somebody to superimpose the sound of chiropractic adjustments over him (laughs) sitting up every time just like crunch (laughs) (laughs) anyway we cut to those high school kids the the trumpet players and they walk out to their car and Corey has carved psycho into the hood 
and he's waiting on his motorcycle for them to chase him. Yeah, he has laid a trap for sure. So we cut to Lori's house where Allison is packing and Lori's like, hey, uh, I think he could murder death kill you. Like, please (laughs) don't go with him. And she's just like, you're just mad because you never got to fuck Michael Myers, which is basically the implication of what she's saying. And she's just like, I... My life has been complicated. Please don't go. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> so she leaves. Uh, and as she leaves, she's like, he's on a dark path. And I'm like, what is this? The force? Like, what is <laughs> He's going to kill younglings. He already knocked one off that banister. <laughs> Meanwhile, he leads the trumpet players to the junkyard. And one of my favorite parts of the junkyard is that it cuts into his dad's office where his dad is watching Hard Target with John claude Van Damme. I didn't realize it was hard target. That's amazing. It was it was hard target. And it's a it's at towards the end where they're like fighting in the Mardi Gras parade float storage uh like area or yeah. whatever. And Wilford Brimley is just like lazy lebons en roulette. Like shooting. I'm sorry. Is hard what? target's <laughs> fucking great. Hard target. Holy shit. Hey, watch hard target. Oh wow. It's madness. He's got a crazy greasy mullet. They're hunting people. It's like a whole thing. Anyway, so he traps those kids in the mechanic yard and kills the one kid with the mullet in yeah. the, the car and then runs over Margot when she tries to climb the fence. And then Stacy tries to help Margot. He kills Stacy with a wrench, just yeah. like blunt force trauma. And then lo and behold, the other kid goes running to the office where Roland is like, or Ronald or whatever, whatever his dad's name gets is. Gets a gun, yeah. yeah. But he gives, him, he gives him a rifle and then his yeah. dad also goes out there with a gun. Yes. And they're like trying to help the girls who are once trapped in the car. Margot is under the car because she's like trapped by the fence right. or whatever under the car. And then the other girl's just straight up dead. But like, she's the weakest one. Corey shows up like behind where the dad is kneeling down to like talk to Margot. Right. And then as the brig of this movie or the trumpet player like aims to shoot at Michael, the dad stands up and says no or something. Like, why would you stand up? I think he realizes that it's Corey and is like, no, don't shoot. I think he was just like, don't shoot me. Yeah, I would have dove (laughs) out of the way. Like, it was insane. Like, why would you stand up? Anyway, he gets shot in the face because he's an idiot. Well, I think he just saw the kid turn the shotgun. He's like, hey, 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 I'm just trying to help. Yeah. I mean, maybe Mikey. So Stacy's dead. His dad's dead. Margo's still dying. Yeah. And Terry is the bully's name. Oh, so is Terry, it? Okay. Yeah. Terry leans over Margo as she's dying. And he's like, Stacy's dead. Billy's dead. And she says, you're dead, too. Because yeah. Corey comes up behind him and blow torches his face. Like yeah, into cool his kill. mouth. There's some cool kills in this movie. It really is pretty dope. It made me squirm, but like it was a cool effect. And then he stomps on Margot's face and then drives back over. So everyone's dead. And you see it squish. It's so graphic. Oh, I I squirmed a lot during this scene. Yeah. Well, this is like you come to a Halloween movie for the kills. And this movie just packs them all into 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people were complaining about because it doesn't space them out. Like it's all heavily right at the end. And it's not Michael Myers doing half of them. Right. Right. Most of them, yeah. Most of them, yeah. He goes to his mom's house and walks up behind her. She's kind of calling out for her. She thinks it's her husband. Yeah. And he just grabs a knife and stabs her just like instantly. She yeah. is insta-dead. Yes. We cut to the radio station where Willie is like, what's going to get our monster out? Like, And he's taking callers who are like, you're exploiting a tragedy. And he has a 
an assistant in. Let me make sure because I have this in my notes. Yeah, this radio has an assistant. This blonde. This assistant. It's Darcy. It is Darcy. Yeah, okay, it's that's Darcy. what I had in my notes. I was yeah. like, it looks Darcy like Darcy. Melgrim. No, yeah. it mm-hmm. definitely is Darcy for sure. It is Darcy. Yeah. Believe me, I I know what she looks like. <laughs> yeah, Darcy's Darcy's the assistant. Yeah. And um, we watch in the background as he just like kills Darcy. <laughs> yeah. And then comes in, and this is probably the most brutal kill of this movie. Is when he smashes that yes. guy's head open over and over again on the desk and then cuts his tongue out and leaves it on the turntable. Because he yeah. talks too much. It's a metaphor. Yes, it Holy is. Holy shit. The, his head after he's been smashed against that desk. Oh, it is, It's rough. I will say, I don't think you can snip a tongue as easy as it seems. You absolutely can. That's what's kind of gross. Ugh. With just regular scissors like mm-hmm. that? If your no. scissors are sharp enough. Yeah, if your scissors could cut a steak, they could cut your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not a sentence I was expecting to hear ever. So, yeah, okay. But it does make sense because a steak is just meat and so is your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's not just meat. It's life. What? Anyway, Allison pulls up to the restaurant <laughs> and her phone buzzes and it's Lori and she ignores it. But Lori's leaving her a message and it's just basically, I'm sorry for what I said. Please come home. Yeah. But Corey hasn't shown up to meet her. So she goes to his house. Nobody answers. She texts him, but nobody responds. Yeah. And we cut to Lori's house where she turns the lights off. She's kind of retiring for the night. She goes up to her office, lights the pumpkin opens the safe, pulls out a gun, pours herself a drink, and then calls 911 to report a suicide at her own address. It's wild. This scene took me for a loop, man. Oh, really? I yeah. was like, she knows he's here. That's I thought what the I whole thought. Time. And I was like, ooh. So she takes her necklace off. She puts the gun to her head, then her chin, and we hear it fire. Yeah. And you hear stuff crumple to the floor. And you hear stuff splatter against the wall. But exactly. it turns out she shot the pumpkin. Yeah. And now she's got a gun aimed directly at Corey. And she shoots him twice. In the in the shoulder. You see those bullet in the wounds. Shoulder. Yeah. Bop, and bop. He, yeah. And he like falls down the steps or like goes down the banister down the or stairs. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think he goes over the banister. Again, because his head is so heavy. This is the yes. first <laughs> indication that this is not the real Michael, right? Yeah. He's actually full of pumpkin seeds. <laughs> Would the real Michael please dramatically stand up? Sit up from just your core, yeah. Yeah, Uh, she shoots the light out. She's got no more bullets. And she says, you came here to kill me, so do it. And he attempts to grab the knife, but a car approaches. It's Allison. Yeah. And he laughs. And she, Lori says, did you really think she was going to be with you? And he says, if I can't have her, no one will. And he stabs his own neck. Yeah. So that when Allison walks in, she sees Lori holding a bloody knife and him bleeding out on the floor. Yeah. And I get that, like, he was playing the 4D chess when he heard that car pull up outside. Yes. But what if, like, that had been the cops from when she called to report the yep. suicide? Would he have been, like, like stabbing himself, pull it out, see the cop, and been like, ah, oh, fuck, damn it. <laughs> like, I think then Lori might have been accused of his death. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it was a win-win either way. You're right. Okay. So he just factored in that. That, that too. Okay, cool. I don't know. Corey's not very good at forensic evidence covering up. That's yeah, because they're going to definitely find out that he murdered all those other people. Yeah. Anyway, Allison screams and leaves. Lori picks up the gun, but it's empty and she drops it. Allison gets back in her car. Uh, the door is still open, so she knows that somebody else is in the house. Yeah. And the mask is on the floor. And she watches as a hand picks it up. And Corey tries to grab the hand to stop it from grabbing the knife. 
and Michael just snaps Corey's neck. Yeah. And it's regular Michael Myers now. And Allison's driving, but she sees the radio station is on fire and her phone goes off and it's the sheriff. And the sheriff is like, hey, where's Lori? She called in a suicide to her own address. Yeah. And at this point, I think Allison is like, oh, no. Yeah. Like something is wrong. So she drives back to the house. Lori is hiding. Uh, Michael walks through the kitchen and she's kind of like hiding in like a pantry or something that has like a little like window blind. So she's like holding the cord for the window blind so it doesn't make noise. Yeah. And grabs a fire extinguisher and just bludgeons him with it. And what proceeds is a fight that includes some of the most iconic pieces from other Halloween movies because you've got the knitting needle. Yeah. You've got the knife through the hand into the like but- butcher block. It's like all there. It's it's a really great fight. Like I really dug this final fight between the two of them. Well, and he beats the shit out of her. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and vice versa. Crap. Like when she knifes his hand to that butcher block and then takes a fucking cast iron like frying Panel yeah, like hammers it. it in to the butcher's block. I was like, so this cool! Is it's such a cool scene. Tips the fridge onto his shins. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking great. Well, and so she has him literally nailed to her butcher block with knives. Yeah, and has like stabbed him, slits his throat, like everything you could possibly do to kill him. And she kind of stands over him watching, and he rips his hand out oh. of the one that's. N- Nailed to the table. I score him so hard, Paige, when he did that. That was so gross. And then when he's, he's like strangling her with that hand. And Half it's sho- a hand. Yeah, it's showing you. Like, he's using his bottom two fingers, too. But there's clearly, like, a separation between <laughs> those. Yes. It's so... <laughs> it's because he don't feel pain. Body horror does not normally do a lot for me, but this whole thing freaked me the fuck. I hated it. It was, oh, yeah. I'm squirming so much. And Allison shows up just in time and snaps his arm and has just, like, bone just yeah. snaps. And they slit his wrist. <laughs> I like how Allison, like, ran out and she's like, wait a minute. There had to be more than that story. I'll go back. Yeah, I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> she snaps his wrist they slit his wrist and yeah. there's blood pooling and again i don't know why this kills michael i don't know why this is the thing that does it i think it's the wood chipper that kills michael the the metal chipper yeah maybe. yeah that's good he could still be alive yeah maybe because they they basically the police arrive and they're like he's dead and they're like not dead enough it's time for haddonfield to start healing through violence and so but they do have a like a, a funeral procession for him. Yeah. Like they do yeah. tie him to the top like he's luggage on a long family vacation. I thought for a second they were going to draw and quarter him with police cars. Oh my God. I don't that think that imagery would have done yeah. well at this current time. I could frame. see them yeah. doing it with like locals cars, but not police mm. cars, Paige. Well, and the police do say like, that's not how it works. And then the sheriff is like, it is tonight. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So they drive to the junkyard where they have a metal chipper and they let Lori kind of kick his body into it where we have a mini blood explosion. And yeah, dude, his body getting ripped up was pretty great looking. Unless Michael has Wolverine powers without the claws. So he could still come back. Or he has the like liquid metal properties from Terminator 2. Mm. 
Well, I will say this. We never see what happens with Corey's body. So, like, maybe that'll be part of it. I don't know. Who cares? I, I don't think they're going to get rid of the Halloween franchise, but... No, the franchise stays, but these movies, the, this direction is over. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think so. I, I don't think we'll see Laurie Strode again. And I, I'm fine with that. But I, I would be sad if we don't get any more Halloween movies. Or we'll super reboot and get a new Laurie Strode. Oh, sure. Anyway. I mean Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't think we'll see her again. Yeah, I could definitely see a new reboot with a new Laurie Strode, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. So we cut to... Lori has kind of finished her book. Allison leaves Haddonfield. The doorbell rings and it's the sheriff. And it it seems like they're going to maybe go see the cherry blossoms. Yeah. Uh, But we cut back into the house. The house is quiet. She has a new butcher block. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, But in her office on the coffee table is the mask. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Halloween ends? It's okay. I like it not as a Halloween movie. Like, standalone, if Michael Myers wasn't involved, I'm here for it. Yeah, I am way more likely to watch it again than Halloween Kills. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Halloween Kills is the weaker of the movies, but I I don't know. This movie did scare me. I probably won't watch it again, but if I had to rewatch the trilogy, I think this might be the one I'd like the second. Like, it it would Mm -hmm. rank second for me. The first one was just way, way better than the next two. But I get why people are like, especially people who like really love the Halloween franchise and it means a lot to them. I get why they're upset about it, but I sort of dug the metaphor of this movie and I... It didn't hate sitting through it. So, like, I sort of liked it, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. And I do want to let people know there are a ton of Easter eggs in this movie, which is wild for a movie that disregards so much about the Halloween franchise to then have (laughs) so many Easter eggs. I'm not going to get through all of them. Uh, We're going to talk about some of them, but there's a lot. So, Well, let's hit us with your fun facts. Too many fun fun facts. facts. (laughs) Nick Castle, who originally played The Shape, in the original Halloween, um, actually has a non-Michael Myers cameo for the first time. <gasps> really? Uh, he is the party goer that flashes his costume at Corey and says, see anything you like. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's a callback to a line said by Linda in the original Halloween. Well, awesome. As to whether or not there will be more films, Jason Blum has said that this is the last Halloween movie under Blumhouse and the rights will be reverting to producer Maleka Kad. Following the release of Halloween Ends, uh, Malek Akkad released that his father produced a lot of the original Halloweens, including Halloween 3 specifically. But his father, Mustafa Akkad, who was always asked about how many Halloweens there would be, would quote Donald Plaisance and say, I'm going to stop at 22. Okay. So like, it's like a running joke. I don't know that they will ever get to 22, but that is kind of what uh, Malik Akkad has talked about. I don't think that that's going to happen, but uh, they did confirm that there will be movies after this, just not in this same trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Now, Corey Cunningham uh, is inspired by Arnie Cunningham from Christine. So that character specifically is inspired by a different John Carpenter film. He's also shown to have a similar haircut and an identical shirt and black glasses. So he literally is kind of modeled after that character. In Halloween Resurrection, which came out in 2002, Michael lives in the sewers under Haddonfield, only coming back out to murder when someone invades his sewers. So that's a callback to one that's in a different timeline. Okay. So 
but this movie also uses the blue font from Halloween 3 season of The Witch. It's one of the only ones to use that color and that style. Love it. Best movie ever. I It's one of my favorites. Or best this Halloween is released, ever, at least. Yeah, yeah. This is released 40 years after Halloween 3, almost to the day. Oh. Yeah. Miss you, Tom. <laughs> miss. Wait, Tom Atkins is still alive. I, I mean, like, in the yeah, Halloween franchise. Yeah, he's not oh, dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's off thrilling them ladies at the old folks home. Hell yeah, um, he is. When they're shopping in the grocery store, the song playing overhead is an instrumental version of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. And they closed with that in the credits. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Lori's memoir, memoir uh, is entitled Stalkers, Saviors, and Samhain. Samhain, of course, being the cultic festival that eventually becomes the Halloween holiday we're familiar with today. But it's also referenced in prior Halloween movies and Halloween 2 Dr. Loomis finds Michael has written Samhain on a blackboard. Yeah. Um, and he translate, translates it to mean Lord of the Dead, which is not accurate. And then in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Connell Cochran, who is Irish, uh, plans a mass sacrifice on the night of Samhain, and he mentions it too. Yeah. It's also central to the plot of Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, where it's the curse of Thorn in that movie and that timeline's canon that is the supernatural force driving Myers to kill, which potentially implies that that's what's happening in this movie. And maybe that's what's transferred from Michael to Corey, but it's not clearly telegraphed in this film. Yeah. Yeah. So the high school kids that are terrorizing Corey uh, have a black convertible and it's actually very, very similar to Halloween five and a character named Mike who obsesses over his black convertible in that film and both cars end up being vandalized. Yeah. So this film references Halloween 2 quite a bit with Michael living as a hermit, uh, the main character's book being part of the plot, and also this movie and Halloween 2 are the only ones in the franchise where Michael is clearly killed at the end unless you also count Halloween... Oh, sorry, Halloween 2 2009 versus Halloween 2 1981. There are two Halloween 2s. Yes, but that is confusing. Sorry. That is confusing. Uh, Allow me to reiterate. Uh, This film is very similar to Halloween 2 from 2009 with all of the things that I mentioned. And this, along with that Halloween 2 and the original Halloween 2, are the only ones where Michael actually dies at the end, allegedly. However, that does get retconned in Halloween 4, um, both times by Laurie, essentially. So the only one that doesn't include Laurie in that death or the retconning of that death is Halloween 2 from 2009. And it is the character of Lori, but not the same actress. Okay. Complicated. Yeah. I don't know why they chose to involve so much Halloween lore in this movie while disregarding a lot of others. So anyway, most of the trailers and promotional material for this movie shot Lori in her house, standing in a doorway with Michael off to her right, recreating the famous scene from Halloween 1978, where he comes out of the dark and stabs her. However... There is no shot like this in the final film. Yeah, I actually was going to point out, like, there was no imagery that was that cool in this movie. <laughs> right. Like, that shot is iconic and awesome. And there just isn't anything like that in this movie. Yeah. There is a scene in a, a section of part of the fight scene at the end of this movie where he tries to put her hand in the garbage disposal. Yeah. That's from Halloween H2O. Okay. It's really interesting to note that two people that Corey doesn't kill and maybe they were just on his list for later and he didn't get around to it are the parents of Jeremy oddly enough okay oh that would have been a good kill yeah 
or at least the wife. The dad seemed to be like a decent dude. And the wife probably is a decent person just like going through some grief. It also seemed like they maybe weren't together anymore. No, I mean, he refers to her in that pool table scene as his wife. But I mean, I could definitely see them being separated. Like grief on mm-hmm. that level does weird shit to people. And like yeah. a lot of parents who lose children do end up separating and getting divorced because of it. Yeah. Using a tow truck to kill people is a nod to Christine, which is the place where Corey's character comes from but people have also theorized that potentially Corey is a reference to Friday the 13th this seems like a bit of a stretch given that it's the competing franchise but if you look at the fact that Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis killed Jason at the end of Friday the 13th the final chapter and it was implied that that was going to be the last movie but then somehow it gets retconned maybe this kind of indicates that this is not actually the last Halloween movie I think that's a stretch though I think it's a stretch, and this definitely isn't the last Halloween movie. Yeah, I know. Not at all. And those are your fun facts. Although, if you want to know, the total body count of this movie is 18 people. Nice. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. We appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit about box office. What do you think the production budget was for Halloween Ends? $35 million. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say 40 All right. The production budget was $20 million. That's good. And all of right, course, because right. this just came out, it literally is the same today as it was a week ago when this you know thing happened. You know, mm-hmm. There's no inflation. I have to accuse myself. I know how much it made this weekend. It did come out. The weekend of October 14th, uh, this year, obviously, it was number one in the theater. It beat the number two movie was Smile, but that had been out for three weeks. Lyle Lyle Crocodile was number three. The Woman King, which I have seen and is badass, was four. And Amsterdam, which I have seen and is fine, uh, was number five. What do you think? Page, Mikey, since you can't answer, what do you think Halloween ends made in its first weekend? I'm going to say 40. Okay. So it made $40 million mm-hmm. in its ah! opening weekend. Like, literally, it made $40,050,000. Like, you almost had it exact. Uh, <laughs> it has, in subsequent days, because we're now recording this pretty far after that, it has made a total of $48 million domestically so far. Which is saying something, because it was released on Peacock day and date of the theatrical yep and mikey it also made 22.5 million dollars internationally so worldwide it's already made money it's at 71.2 million dollars yeah i know there's a lot of debate around the market strategy of releasing streaming and theatrical at the same time i think it's really interesting to look at this where it clearly like it still worked people did still go to the theater enough to Mm -hmm. actually make it make its budget back before we even factor in any streaming you know, revenue. So that's really interesting. Yeah, and how much Peacock paid to stream it on day one, right? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think Peacock is part of the parent company that made it. Oh, that makes, so I mean, they're NBC, there was, there was so that's probably, probably true. There was probably a coordinated, yeah, yeah. that's probably true. Obviously, that's not going to be its end box office performance because we are literally recording this like 10 days after it came out. It's October 22nd mm-hmm. right now, right? So yeah. that's not its final box office numbers, but that's what it is as of today. That is your box office. Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Yeah, scary scale listeners, how scary you found the film and we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Paige. This is a one for me. All right, Todd. I'm going to give it a three because I did squirm quite a bit from the body horror, and the Corey reveal behind Laurie Strode did scare me. Like, it was a jump scary moment. I think I'm going to give it a two because I think the body horror was pretty good. It was. Yeah. But I wasn't scared, like, oh no. 
Yeah. And I was like, uh Yeah, it's more of a kind of scare. Yeah. I, I was too busy being like, interesting. What is this movie? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, this was my second time. Yeah, and that's our scary skill. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, you guys made me watch Halloween Kills. What are you making us watch next week as we enter November and a new theme? Now, November's theme is mostly... Oh, yeah. Things that we can't believe we haven't done them yet. Okay. Yes. So the first movie of the month will be Phantasm. All right. Well, I don't know anything about Phantasm. Like, I've never heard of that. It's so, a like, very famous franchise. It is a very famous <laughs> franchise. I mean, I believe you. I've never heard of it. <laughs> that we haven't touched yet. I, we haven't ever, ever talked about it even. So your homework for next week is to watch a franchise that has hitherto been unknown to myself. And that is Phantasm. Phantasm. It sounds like this movie came out in 1986 and is terrible. There's like seven of them. Yeah, there are seven of them. And it is probably exactly that. But that just means we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I love those movies. Are you kidding me? House was a revelation. I loved it. Anyway, so Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Ooh forgot about that well while you're looking one up let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast and then that's to leave us a five-star text review and we'll have mikey read it for you so mikey whose review are you gonna do this week <laughs> i'm gonna do over this podcast okay oh, is it a five-star review it is doesn't sound like it from its <laughs> from its title title of this review is fun oh oh over this podcast is the name of the person the name who did of the it. person okay yeah i got you i thought that was the title my bad all right what is over this podcast say i have a good time with this podcast okay awesome is that it thank you the scream 4 review was a mess lol but i enjoy how they break down movies if you want if you thought <laughs> the fair. scream 4 episode was a mess imagine what the conversation was unedited like it was a monster <laughs> to edit that down into something that was coherent on any level you think that's bad you should hear what i have to say about stab seven <laughs> <laughs> well over this podcast thank you so much for that awesome five-star review and if you want to have mikey read your five-star review leave us a five-star review so guys if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies check out romancing the pod where mikey page and i break down and make fun of romantic movies it's a lot of fun guys check it out if you want to follow us on social please do we are at horror virgin or online at horrorvirgin.com. if you want to follow us all individually you can do that as well page is at page wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you you want to financially support me but not Todd just look me up on Venmo if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a P.O. box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box it's actually not a P.O. box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's 
twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So if you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up and they will continue after October, not on a daily schedule though. That's just too much for Katie to handle, but check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode is brought to you by Tia and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She keeps pushing smaller kids off stairs. Yeah, they toppled all the way down. Well, I their mean, heads are so heavy. I was going to say, is it that she pushed them or did they stumble and fall on their way down because their heads are oversized? Well, you'll have to watch our new documentary, The Staircase, on HBO. <laughs> it's a great miniseries, but it has nothing to do with this. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan normally makes us watch some spooky spider videos, but this week... I don't think he did, hmm. but in truth, hmm. I haven't watched this video yet. So this is a video titled Slash Street Boys, and it's called Buy My Knife, and it's to the tune of Backstreet Boys. Okay. okay. Oh my God. Why are they dressed like various Mario Brothers? I am into parody songs about horror movies. Like last week when we did Scream, I talked about how I wanted to see like all of the Spice Girls with the ghost face mask on. I'm here for this type of shit. Right. This is actually a pretty good parody of whatever Backstreet Boys this song is. Well, and I mean, it's a pretty cool video. It is. They did a good job yeah, with it. Yeah, they video. did a really good job with it. Oh, it's larger than life. Oh, okay. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for sharing that. I think hilarious and great parody video. We now return you to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. All right, where, uh, where are we uh, quantum leaping oh, to today? Oh, shit. I forgot I had to pick a place. All right. So we're going to leave. Wasn't it like 1880 Chicago? Like right around yeah. there? Something like 1890-something yeah. Chicago? Fair Chicago. Got it. And we're going to go to Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> 1692. Perfect. <laughs> oh, the Salem witch trials. <laughs> Love it. All right. So you have the town. They're hanging witches, burning witches. They're burning witches at the stake. In front of that, you got Bo Easy, the Florida man. He is not a good dude. I mean, he is just like he makes questionable choices. He is making s'mores with the fire that they're burning the witches with. And then they're selling them because he's teamed up with Cody's Pawn Shop uh, and Bo Easy. They're just selling s'mores and souvenirs to the, the people of Salem. And I think it's I'm just... sorry, s'mores and souvenirs. Yeah, super. But rude. are they real s'mores or the kind that Great British Bake Off did this week? No, real s'mores because that's good. Good. Karoon, uh, he is hiding in the forest and he's covered himself with mud because he is a blue alien. And if these people see him, they will burn him as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think if regular-looking women are on trial for being a quote-unquote witch, a legit just blue dude is definitely <laughs> going to get merged. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Dreskel and Amy are trying to figure out a way to escape the quantum leaping, and um, they get Mr. Ragebond. They're like, hey, can you con we've, – we've, we've, from Chicago, we were able to build a, uh, a device that captures energy. Could you – blow some of your energy into this cube okay so mikey i just have a real quick question uh, how do they blow energy how do you do that is this like the left hand path magic like what are we talking oh, about here oh, oh. 
they just give it to Mr. Ragebomb and he goes off into the woods to do whatever he is going to do. Wanky blanky. Mikey's doing the winky blinky, but you can't <laughs> to, see to, it. Yeah. Yeah. To get the energy into the cube. Right. So they go off with Mr. Ragebomb one on one. Is he fucking that cube? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's how you get a Hellraiser cube. You take it into the woods and fuck it like Mr. Ragebomb. Uh huh. Uh, Lauren, the cave woman, is like really cheering on the burning of the witches, and like the townspeople really accept her for some reason. They're like, "Oh, this woman is very nice. She's one of us." Yes. There's some people on trial, and so Kate flies in with her psychic powers and rescues that person and takes them away. And uh, Alex, the magician, is like uses his sleight of hand to like unlock some of the 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 chains of people chained up the witches chained up so they let them escape that makes sense he's like hey are you handcuffed and they're like yeah and he's like check again <laughs> and I, like, what isaac scott and the uh danielle danielle libby and, and um wes uh danielle and libby have wes captured still creating uh small moon people he is on the back in a, like a hand-woven basket as just like a terribly deformed Voldemort person being carried on a basket uh from that movie <laughs> and then um they're little mun people and she's like oh shit when these uh simpletons find us they're gonna burn us all too so the mun people start attacking uh Salem nice and uh Isaac joins in and he just starts eating them and that checks uh, Scott out. the thing is just kind of tearing down the buildings he's t- tearing down all the damn buildings and stuff Danielle and Aaron are like, they execute the mayor of Salem. Wow, that escalated quickly. Oh, yeah, this is going bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shining Donut was being drawn and quartered, but he was just stretching out like an elongated donut. Like a Stretch Armstrong? Like he's just like being pulled? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, the professional wrestler, puts the priest, the Puritan priest of Salem, into a headlock and he loses, loses consciousness. He's like, off the top pew! And just puts him <laughs> in a headlock. I love it. Although they didn't have priests not to like fact check. Well, whatever. Like the guy in charge of the church or whatever. The Inquisitor. Yeah. So Allie got dunked into a, the lake because they thought she was a witch, but she's a mermaid. So she just stayed under there. Pretty smart. I that was a funny one, but whatever. <laughs> Jeremy with laser eyes runs over to Amy and Dreskel and was like, hey, I could have just pointed my laser eyes into the cube and got energy that way. You didn't have to have Mr. Ragebomb go fuck that cube. And, uh, and they're like, oh, shit. We, Jeremy, we're so sorry. You're so smart. Hang out with us. And then uh, Anthony, the time master, and um, Jennifer with a PH, his time captain, of uh, their time people, like they come in, they like they're holding hands because they're possibly together, but it's kind of platonic. They're kind of like weird <laughs> David Bowie esque creatures. These time people, apparently. What the fuck? Yeah, like uh, the, the chick that comes out of the end of Ghostbusters. It's just like a weird. There's like not a sexual thing, but there is a sexual thing. You just don't know. Uh, and they're white and glowing. And they're like. <laughs> What the fuck, y'all fucked up Salem? Like the timeline's fucked. We gotta blast you guys out of here and fix it. So then they all quantum leap away. Well, I guess we'll have to find out where they quantum leap away too when the saga continues on another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. That's gonna be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey, and I'm Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's Halloween day. Happy fucking Halloween, you beautiful Uh bastards. Happy Halloween. See you next week.